Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and if you brew it, we will come. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are doing something kind of different for us. We're recording at McKellar NYC, and we are joined by Sam. Hey, how's it going, everybody? All right. Hi, thanks Sam. For, thanks for Hi, coming Sam. out and, uh, and uh, taking time out of your schedule to drink beers with us instead of, you know, with your coworkers. My pleasure. <laughs> so, Nate and I were here on opening day, and we bitched and whined about long lines. We did, yeah. And, uh... Now I have to take it all back because <laughs> everyone was the really nice to us here. <laughs> so thank you very much for letting us come out oh, here. Our pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about the brewery? Or yeah, I don't know. Definitely. What's, what's, what's the spiel? Um, so yeah, we opened up uh, March 25th to a crazy day. Uh, we're really just trying to you know take take off here in Queens. This part of Queens hasn't really had anything like this before. Um, you know, we're really trying to hit the ground running, and uh, we have huge tap room, uh, 26 draft lines, roughly 5,000 square feet of space. Huge production brewery right here. Uh, for those that don't know, we're talking. We're literally in City Field right now, uh, so mm -hmm. there's that aspect as well. But uh, yeah, we're. Uh, it's been awesome so far. You know, we're trying to just jump in and become part of the Queens community. Um, all you guys are from Queens, and uh, I, I I've been living here for ten years. I am not from Queens. You're not from Queens. Oh, no, 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 no. totally. he's he's, a, he's an out of stater. Yeah, I'm from New Hampshire. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why he's a little more polite than us. The sooner <laughs> state. So that is not the right state. The state. <laughs> <laughs> what it's, is the state? It's the granite state. Oh, the gr yes. Because okay. we take it for granted. That's exactly. Ah. Right. It's because the people are so <laughs> nice. Good nice. Good nice. <laughs> I know we slated the rock puns for later, but <laughs> we can put them in now if we want. So I'm going to start drinking this beer because I, when I was looking online, so uh, and we'll get to more about the brew, but I just can't let this. I can't not look at this. There are sixty. Up, you have up to sixty beers on tap. Yes. So uh, that is a miracle. It's it's a ton of fun. Uh, it's our walk-in is quite a place. It's very roomy in there, or at least in theory. Now we have 60 draft lines. Um, you know, we rotate a lot. We have a lot of McKellar beers, uh, mostly McKellar beers. We also have some guest beers from our friends, um, local breweries, just hard, hardly sought after breweries that we have, uh, our staff has relationships with. So, uh, yeah, um, a lot of, most of the list though is McKell a combination of McKellar NYC, McKellar Europe, and McKellar San Diego. Yeah, that's a, something I didn't realize until I came here. I mean, I knew McKellar was a, I mean, it's like one guy, basically, at least when it started. Yes. Uh, from Denmark, I want to say. Yes. And, you know, you'd see the, then I heard that he opened a San Diego thing, and then you'd see those, and it would say, I got McKellar SD on it. But I think for many years, there wasn't even a brewery, right? It was just sort of like a rental sp rented space sort of thing or contract brewing thing? Yeah, so uh, he was, uh, uh, Mickle uh, is our founder. Uh, he started with a partner, Keller, who's no longer in the picture. In 2006, they started, and um, Mickle was a former science teacher, and he brewed this beer and entered it into the World Beer Championship, and people freaked out over it. It was very, very successful beer, and that was Beer Geek Brunch. Mm. And it was, it, it kind of took off from there. It, it started off as a hobby and developed into, uh, there's now 32 locations worldwide, um, including three breweries. Um, and it's awesome. I mean, prior to, uh, I was over in Barcelona drinking McKellar beer, and it was fucking amazing. <laughs> so. Can you so get the NYC ones elsewhere, or are they just here? So we, uh, we send small shipments to uh, Europe, but it's not super widespread. Uh, they have, uh, like, clubs there where uh, they purchase McKellar beers, and we just, it's specifically for members of this club. So, uh, mm. yeah, they have the specialty McKellar San Diego beers. You know, as we're ramping up production, there'll be a little bit more of it, but right now, I mean, the stadium... Uh, even though the Mets are doing lousy, I'm a diehard Mets fan, and uh, it hurts every year. It's it's been a rough couple of weeks, but I'll tell you one thing: beer helps. Uh, yes, and, and you know what? Uh, they're killing, they're crushing through beer on the stadium, uh, and so it's great. We have the two beers are ballpark beers, uh, so we're gonna have six total as we 
you know, they're fully up and running, but right now we have the two, which are on these flags above us, Say Hey Sally, which is our German-style Pilsner. Really easy, drinkable, crushable. Uh, and then crushable. we have Henry Hops, which is a 6.5% uh, IPA. So it's uh, these are our, our two beers that are featured in the ballpark this year. Oh, cool. So How about this one? Yeah, so let's talk about this thing. This is not a Miller NYC beer, but when I was looking online at the tap list, this, as a fan of, uh, as a size queen, this really caught my attention. <laughs> this is, uh, what the fuck is it? Number 50. This is Big Worcester. That's bad oh, English. This is, this is a strong one. Chardonnay 2013 is a barley wine aged in Chardonnay barrels. It is, I think, our second or third strongest beer ever on the show. is 18.3% alcohol. Ooh, okay. Then we started with this one. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> it's oh a boy. monster beer. I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> in the mind wipe machine again. <laughs> oh, wow. That does not taste that strong. That is, uh, that's dangerous. This, I mean, you can tell it's not a wimpy beer. It doesn't taste like a pilsner, but it it's, is. It tastes oh. like it tastes yeah. like a pilsner. That's messed up. Now. I'm just saying it's, it's like it's, your it's wimpy, strong. but <laughs> I would never say crushable with this. Yes, it is. No, uh, you die. Unless my consciousness will be crushed. <laughs> so this was a beer that we actually had specifically a couple uh, weeks ago. We had an event. Uh, Mickle was in town, and we uh, had really just, he broke out his cellar and busted out some crazy beers that we actually flew over on air, uh, air freight in order to serve. Wow. And yeah, uh, this being one of them, and you know, there's still a couple stragglers. Most of them kicked, but uh, that black we have up as well, which is from 2014, is mm -hmm. another uh, huge that's heavy that's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you guys just go straight in head first for the highest ABV beers. I that's my goal. I can feel yeah. my body. Yeah. I can feel my body getting warm. <laughs> this is this is delicious. I've had the big Worcester by it. So there's like, is there there's a big bad right? I don't think I've ever actually had big bad. There is. There's big. There's uh, big Worst, big Worcester, uh, big bad. I believe. I there's so many to keep track of. Um, that's one of the things for McKellar where there's like a hundred plus beers every year being produced and probably seventy five percent of them are one off things or, or variations on a thing. Like there aren't there aren't that many there's like is there a flagship McKellar beer that you could always get? I mean, I know San Diego has some of their beers as well. Uh, as far I mean the beer geek the beer geek series is really, I guess you could say, the you know, beers that are constantly being brewed, constantly available. Um, each of the locations have their own uh, interpretation of that beer. So we have uh, the Beer Geek Brunch, Beer Geek Breakfast, but here the we parlor have one? the parlor one. The parlor one is uh, is is the one that's brewed here, and that's excuse me, partnered up with Parlor Coffee, a coffee roaster in uh, in Brooklyn, and uh, one of the better the best coffee roasters in the city. I mean, I'm a huge coffee guy as well, and uh, Parlor is really kind of young, but they're stepping stepping it up hard, and uh, we have a series with them that we're going to just base on each you know different kind of blends of coffee at uh, oh, cool. their discretion. So so you keep saying um, when a brewery gets like up to full capacity. How how much how big will it be when it's up there? How many barrels do you guys are gonna produce? So uh, right now we have a twenty barrel brew house. Uh, so twenty barrels is pretty much you could one run on that could brew forty half barrel kegs, which are mm -hmm. the, the big kegs you see at establishments across the city. Frat parties. Frat parties, you know, uh, you know somebody's parents' house, you know that's how it works out. Mm -hmm. But um, but uh, so we also have uh, a ton of fermenters. So we have. 20 fermenters total, 16 20 barrel fermenters, and uh, four 40 barrel fermenters, which means you could do double batches and then basically uh, fermented that, uh, basically have double the beer uh, at your disposal. So to answer your question, we have no fucking idea yet. <laughs> <laughs> right, <'cause, laughs> so how long will the thing sit in the fermenter for? I guess it depends on the beer, but. It, it varies on the beer. Um, you know, uh, lagers take longer to produce. Um, you know, it could take anywhere up to six weeks. Uh, but, um, you know, IPAs could take three weeks. It just depends on the style of beer. Uh, dark beers, higher ABV beers generally take a little bit longer. And then, mm. then you talk into the whole barrel aging, you know, all that. So that that adds more uh, time clearly to that to the beer. Are you guys going to do barrels here too? We do. Uh, that's in the plans. Uh, not from the get go. We just want to really just try and uh, nail down the beers that we want to be readily available first, and then slowly roll out more as you know, as we feel more comfortable. I've already seen on your. Various social medias. There's been like a few can release things that were like one-off things. Yes. 
Like, was there like a Casey Jones beer? Like, there was like the guy from Ninja Turtles that looked like on the can. <laughs> oh, yes. That was, uh, that was actually brewed for the Winter Classic. Um, so uh, that was brewed actually at Industrial Arts, uh, our oh. buddies over there. Um, we weren't able to physically brew here yet. So, you know, we brewed that beer there with Thin Man, which is a Buffalo brewery. Um, and they're really great beer if you ever have a chance. We have the Funky Flow collab, which is the next one up. But Filthy Flow was had that, uh, it was basically brewed for the Winter Classic because the Winter Classic was held here in January. It was with uh, the Sabres, Buffalo Sabres, as well as the Rangers. So New York Buffalo collab and uh, really, really great beer. That was the first beer under the McKellar NYC name. Mm. Yeah, I saw there was like a screen print of it or something yes. last time I was here. I was like, I want to drink it. I don't want to look at the picture. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, that that's a one-off beer, but um, you know, we have a, we definitely do have some beers that are going to be mainstays. But additionally, I mean, we have a ton of fermenters here. We have a tons of fu- ton of fun, a ton of experimentation. You know, well, actually, I'm not even sure what your title is, but do you get involved with the brewing process at any level? So I do not. Um, so I have a mouthful of a uh, title. Uh, it's a sales community and product manager. Uh, so I'm in charge of our sales. I'm in charge of our e-commerce store. I've driven 26 foot trucks across Queens. Uh, that sounds like a nightmare. Oh, it's, it's, you know what? <laughs> well, I developed a nickname here. They call me Big Rig, um, which at first that's I was. That's a good nickname to have. It, it's yeah. not. It's oh, yeah. In the world of nicknames, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's better. I've heard a lot worse, but uh, yeah. no, it's been, uh, it's one of these like, like it's a really great. Shoeless Joe? Shoeless Joe. Shoeless Joe Jack. Sorry, I was thinking Tiny Cocked Frank would be a bad nickname. <laughs> 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 would be worse. Yeah. Hey, it's Joe and Tiny Cocked Frank. I'm like, that's not a great nickname. <laughs> and Big Rig and Small Wienerd Felipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably, that's, a, that's not a winner right there. But uh, Depends know. what you're into. That's, that's very <laughs> true. It could be a winner if that's what you're into. So here's a question that I asked the guy Finback also. Of all the beers here, which one have you drunk the most of? We're still new, but I would say say hey, Sally. I just love this beer. I'm drinking that right now. It's super tasty. It's everything I want a beer on a day-to-day basis, and it's something you could drink in hot weather, warm weather, just to throw them back. And you know, uh, but it also has a complexity to it with the German hops. Uh, it's just really awesome. What kind of beer do you go for in general? Are you like a you know, people are like an IPA guy or a stout guy or a it's funny, funky it's, guy? It depends on the mood. Uh, I originally grew up like as a hophead. I would drink IPAs nonstop, um, and I still really enjoy them, but. For me, I either like Pilsner lagers, really Kolsch's, just easy drinking beers that have complexity that you you know you could drink you could drink with any meal, etc. But um, I also enjoy um, sour beers. I, that's like my favorite style. I mean, it's barley sours are some of my favorite beers in the world, and um, you know hmm. a lot of the Belgian stuff like Cantillon, like the lambic beers, which uh, it's you know you cannot call a, a beer a, a lambic beer unless it's specifically brewed in that region of Belgium. Like champagne. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and if you do, you're going to get some shit for it. So, um, but I like those. Those are good. Yeah, like Cantillon and Tree Fountain or something. It's like a here. mouthful of severely alcoholic flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them, they, they really range, though, from, like, slightly tart and r- almost refreshing to, like, old sock and oh, goji. Yeah. <laughs> very, very acidic, yep. And you're like, this is this is not, I don't know, it's like I'm you're licking like, the off floor of a, of a barn. This <laughs> <laughs> rips, like, the roof of your mouth off. Yes, it's, like, so super, super It's made by monks who have never known joy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I started drinking this other one, that another one here. Is this also made from here, 38? Uh, no, this is a Europe one. Fuck. Well, actually, uh, my one comment I want to say about the big Worcester Chardonnay, besides one you don't taste how strong it is, is it has, like, maybe I'm just waylaid by uh, brand stuff here, but it has, like, a wine, like, you really do taste the the wine the element of it. wine, yeah, yeah. It also helps that it's a barley wine kind of beer, so it's not like, I feel like if you put a stout, you wouldn't really pick that up. Like, the barley wine seems more amenable to that. 
It was delicious. I don't know if you guys love that beer. It's, it's lovely. It's yeah. it's like a summer day. <laughs> well, no, it's now, like, what it's you're like outside right now. What you're drinking now is the nice. summer day. This is number thirty-eight, right? That's what you're saying. No, I was talking about the thing I had before. I thought you just said thirty-eight. Fucking, I don't have to count. <laughs> it's a book thing, not a math thing. Oh. I was talking about the big Worcester Chardonnay. I have oh. not yet had. I've sipped this. Okay. What is this thing we're drinking here? This is Abba white wine. Abba. Abba. Dancing Queen. Oh, oh, so yeah. Um, the BA is barrel aged. Oh, that makes more sense. Uh, <laughs> so this is also ignore what I said. Barrel aged in a white wine <laughs> barrel of some sort. Yeah. Yes. That's that's the white wine. That's I'm sorry. I thought you were at. That was it well. Does, like this big word for Chardonnay is also isn't that also white wine? Like I don't know shit about wine. Chardonnay is wine. I, I believe <laughs> I was aware is of that. Yes. Wine. I'm not the biggest think, wine person. I think it's white. It's a white wine. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> you catching flies? You guys want to try some pilsner? I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll try it. Yeah. I'll drink. If it has alcohol in it, it will go into me. It's how I stick. To, uh, stay, I stay healthy because it yeah, kills yeah. all the germs inside. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> what happens. It's like a liquid penicillin. <laughs> I'm allergic to that, so I have to drink beer. Yeah, my mom's allergic to penicillin. Sucks. Yeah. If I get if I get syphilis, I'm dead. So this is a Belgian style pale ale, aged in white wine barrels. Okay. It's this one, yeah. You don't really see. You know, I mean, I guess you do see. It's only 6.8 percent alcohol, so that's not super strong to put up in a barrel for a while. So that's kind of like a. Just because Belgians tend to be. Girthy. <laughs> Belgians Girthy. are known that for their that Belgian yeast, man. That's it's a different kind of strain, and you know, uh, if you did, if you did a barrel aged, uh, you know, beer using non-Belgian yeast, a hop forward Belgian beer, I mean, a hop forward beer without using uh, using American yeast or, or English style yeast, it's not going to age well. So you can't even barrel age it; it'll be just turn to shit. No bueno. So Belgians have their own special yeast. Oh yeah, they do a lot of special things to that beer. Now, are you a home brewer? I am not a home brewer. No. I, uh, you know, it was one of those things that I tried it once and it was very unsuccessful and I just, you know, I enjoy it too much to, I want I want beer to be perfect and, you know, uh, are you guys? I try, but I'm pretty shitty at it. I've never even attempted. I'm sure that it would never not go attempted, well. Yeah. It's my, like, rich man fantasy. Like, every whenever I buy a uh, lotto ticket and I think of, like, what my rich life is going to be like, I'm like, I'm going to, like, get really into home brewing. <laughs> like, I'll just be an eccentric guy and just do that all the time. And I'll get good at it eventually. Because now I brew like three, times a, like three times a year. Because I'll be stuck with five gallons of beer that's like, eh, not so great. And I just, here, try this. That, and that's why you got to give it away for presents. That's, well, I mean, anytime someone comes over and says, hey, do you want to try this? And everyone's like, yeah, it's free beer. And we then could, we could do yeah. a book about uh, moonshiners and just drink all the beer you made and never sold and never got rid of. <laughs> and I made, I have uh, some beer in growl, uh, the fermenter at home. I'm afraid to try it because it's been sitting there so long. I kind of like get distracted. But I, it's like a big stout that I, you know, put like a... Uh, Oak chips and shit in. Like, I don't know. Should be. I'll just have to drink it fast if it's really bad. But, but there's actually, I read, um, there's the McKellar beer book. Oh, uh, yeah? And I read that uh, last year. And there's recipes for some of the McKellar beers in there, so maybe I'll have to try some. Really? I was really hoping for a recipe for, for black. For homebrewing, how, how do you find out the ABV? Is there like a test and like whatever color it is on a chart that you can kind of tell? Or is there like a chemistry thing? I don't no, fucking well, know how they do it. I think there, there's a way that like professional breweries do it, which is like real science. Yeah. Where they, I imagine where they know how to do it. Where you have to like send it, I mean, you burn it, and there's like a f- way to figure out how much alcohol is in there. But with uh, home brewers, what you do is you measure. You, there's this like, thing called a hydrometer, which looks like a thermometer that floats, and you put it in oh, yeah, the yeah. liquid, and it floats, and it'll tell you the specific gravity, which is how much That's sugar is in there, yeah, or how much shit is dissolved into it. And then you put your yeast in, and then you measure it again, and there's a formula to tell you that whatever the changes. There's no math and science. I mean, there's there's fortunately there's like you well, know generally they go hand in hand, right? Maybe. Right. Yeah, and that I don't know either. I'm terrible. At it. <laughs> Just buying it is way less work. Yeah, that's, true. I, that's the problem. I mean, you definitely don't become a homebrewer. I've been told, even by successful homebrewers, to save money. It's more of like mm-hmm. a passion thing, or because you have like interesting ideas and you can't find that beer on the shelf. 
which is why I always make like a weird beer because if I could if I could buy it, it's gonna be cheaper and faster. Make Bud Light at home. Some people I think try to make sort of like commercial. Some people really try to clone a commercial beer. Like that's their thing. Like they like nail adjunct lager, just like cheap cold. Well, I don't think they want to make. I mean, usually it might might be like for like this like a pilsner. Some people like that's like a quest. Like I'm gonna make a I'm gonna get good at making a pilsner, you know, sort of thing, and they'll use as a, a commercially available one as a sort of model. I could see that from like a craftsmanship kind of point of view, but I don't know why. I wouldn't just buy that beer then if I wanted to get good at making that beer. That's just me. That is like that style of beer is like brewers like that's like their dream just to nail down like it's it, it's something that's like a really well manufactured pilsner or lager is just something that's it's it's not the easiest thing in the world. It's something that breweries just strive for. I mean, craft breweries. It's hard to get a pilsner to get like that crisp and clear and you know the right balance of shit. I know years someone told me they went on a tour of you know an Anheuser Busch factory. And then the tour guide's like, well, it's actually really expensive to make this beer, which I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, probably rice, not. Rice doesn't cost anything. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's like 49% rice, right? But <laughs> they put, I don't know, you don't want to besmirch your peers, I'm sure. But Yeah. Um, I <laughs> I don't know. I've actually only, like, big brewery tour I did was Heineken. And it was, like, going to, like, an amusement park. Uh, Willy Wonka. In Amsterdam? It. Yeah. Have any of you guys done that? I walked by it, but we didn't go in. You were on your I way to the red light district? No, I had a big pancake. <laughs> Oh. Was this after you were at a coffee shop? I was. I was. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what day that was. <laughs> That's not a good sign. <laughs> I, was with, I was with my brother and my mom. Ha. Uh. Yeah. She, she went to the coffee shop. Did she uh, partake? She did not partake. Oh, she did not partake. Baby steps. Secondhand? <laughs> I guess secondhand, yeah, probably. <laughs> so what is this Pilsner that you shared with us? So this is Say Hey Sally. Um, oh, the, okay, cool. This is... Uh, is that like a Willie Mays reference or something? Like how You got it. it. Yeah. Oh, say right. How did you know that? Man, Devin, you know, talking baseball, you know that stupid song? <laughs> you know, you know no. Talking baseball. There's a fucking shitty song from the 80s called Talking Baseball. I I completely forgot about that song. but I, f- I forget the guy's name who did it, but he just like, kind of just named shit. And he's like, the verses are just, Rizzuto was doing this, Mantle was doing that, this guy was hitting things, the Mets didn't exist. You know, he just like says shit. <laughs> and then there's a chorus, like, we're talking baseball. And then it, it's like, Willie Mays is like the big name he said, so like, he just somehow I learned that to that. You ever see that? There was a Simpsons episode where they had a softball league. Simpsons. Oh man, I remember that. And they have a Simpsons version of that song in it, talking softball. And uh, I, I know I uh, the original guy to do Willie Mays. Some, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, actually, was on the Mets at the end of his career, the last two years. And uh, oh. he, uh, yeah, he's one of the best there ever was. That I've heard. I mean, I don't know fucking dick about baseball. I just, I just so why is it called? What does the word Sally have to do with it? So if it's Willie Mays. I, I don't even hey know, really know who. Who's Sally Willie is the female version of Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Sally. So uh, Henry and Sally are, are two are the two caricatures of Keystar, our award-winning art designer. Oh. And uh, they're like the two symbols of the brewery. Like literally, the shirt I'm wearing right now is Henry and Sally. So oh. they're just. Uh, I've been asked many times, what's the symbolism behind them? I have no idea. That's just kind of the branding, and they're the the faces behind the McKellar brand. And uh, you know, that's one thing I really like. You can see these beers, uh, McKellar beer, and distinguishes himself itself yeah. on the shelf. You know, was, we had the the same thing at well, last one at Finback was like you can tell just by looking whether or not you see the label. Like that's that's a McKellar one. Or the distinct style, even though you may never actually see that particular label again. That's true. But you know what? There's a lot. I mean, there is a lot going behind that label, and that's what that's what's cool. You know, and, and Finback, same to those guys. They do they do a great job over there. This is a great pilsner. This is like an excellent beer, and I'm not a pilsner fan, but partially because it's like super fresh and like free. No, but it, because <laughs> I, I, it I tastes almost under- like popcorn. I don't get a popcorn vibe. I mean, I do get it's a little bit more of a hoppiness, like in a earthy kind of bitterness than you get from a regular pilsner from the German hops, perhaps. But if I was watching a ball game, like this seems like the ideal kind of beer to reach for. Like you shouldn't be reaching for like the imperial stout or whatever. Where you're gonna 
<laughs> they got nine yeah. innings, yeah. I mean, it's, it, like I said, the word crusher comes to mind. I mean, that's, this is a beer that I really enjoy. It's really good. And, uh, yeah, I drank a couple of them at the, uh, the ball game on Sunday. I made it to my first game, even though I'm physically working here every day. So do you guys get a uh, bad gig as an employee <laughs> here? Do, they, do you guys get free beer? Uh, so we get a shift beer. So this Say Hey Sally was my shift beer. Um, and then we also get uh, a discount for, uh, you know, merch, beer, um, Pretty sizable discount. So, so someone pick the big Worcester like every time. <laughs> someone go for the you know, like just give me the strong shit, man. Honestly, well, I actually drive here, so I want to be. Pretty <laughs> well, you get it at the beginning. That's <laughs> well, yeah. no, it's something that uh, personally myself, uh, I try not to drink until after five, just as for um. It's a good rule. But we didn't start here until after five, so we're good. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pacific time. Yeah, exactly. What time? For, what time? Uh, yeah, Dubai time. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's five o'clock everywhere at some point, right? That's right. I thought that expression went, it's 12 o'clock somewhere. Is that, is that, is that, is that how it <laughs> no, works? That's, that's what your dad says. That is what my dad says. <laughs> uh, my dad is a famous, famous drinker uh, of only Heineken, it turns out. Oh, wow. Heineken Light, yeah. Not even Heineken, but Heineken, Heineken Light. Light. Heineken Light? Yeah, specifically Just Heineken, Heineken Light. Light. He's a, it's, a sad, it's sad. We're like, you know. Have you tried exposing him? Uh, I have. Uh, and uh, he exposes himself enough to people. <laughs> that he doesn't need to do that. Uh, he'll like, like I'll, but I'm, never, I'm not a very good beer evangelist where I'll, like, I'll drink something and it's like, here, Dad, try this bourbon barrel aged stout. He's, he's like, that looks like tar. He's a man set in his ways. He is, he is. My dad's the same way. I try to get him on beer all the time. And he loves Rolling Rock, Yingling, and he does like one craft beer, Victory Golden Monkey. Oh, that's have, Jimmy's favorite. I, I love it. I mean, it's not my favorite anymore. I've aged now that I've had 47,000 other craft beers. But like, I think of like back in the day when we were just drinking regular stuff and Golden Monkey. It was the best. And it still holds special in my heart. And I can still have three or four and forget what a week it is. That's, that's literally my dad. He's like, I'll have three monkeys and I'll be passing on the couch. And I'm like... It's 100% true. 100% true. I know. It's great. It's not even like the strongest one I've ever had, but for some reason... It's like 9% alcohol. It's a big <laughs> you have You have like three yeah. of those and suddenly... And it's easy to get. You can't feel expensive. feelings anymore. If they put that in tall boy cans, it would be deadly. There would there would be actual death. Yes, it'd be like the new four loco. It would oh. it would be 100 percent that the fifth the fifth loco. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth loco monkey flavor. So many locos. <laughs> so we're talking here about Shoeless Joe. We yeah. didn't even say the name of the fucking book yet. No, we didn't. Just, we were so enamored with the beer setting that mm-hmm. we're doing that. So we're talking about Shoeless Joe, which was written by W. P. Kinsella. It is the book that was then made into the movie Field of Dreams. Wow. So if you've seen Field of Dreams, you basically know what happens in this book. Which was made into the adult film version, Field of Reams. I thought it was Field of Creams. That's actually another one, yeah. Oh, wow, the sequel. The sequel. Yeah, if you build it, he will come, <laughs> was the tagline, actually, for all of them. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so uh, Field of Reams stars... Uh, the greatest American actor. Kevin uh, I'm sorry, the greatest actor. Yeah, not just American. <laughs> but the book is... Pretty similar, actually. They didn't change a whole lot. Though I actually did read the, I actually have never seen the movie. Like, I've just seen snippets of it. I looked up what happens in the movie. There's one big change at well, the end. And, 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 and also and one, one character change. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're it, two. it is as uh, almost sickeningly nostalgic as the book is. The hmm. book, yeah. So the book was written like 19... It, it takes place in 1978. Yeah, I know it, that. 82, 83 was when it came out. Uh, so was uh, that long ago? Yeah. yeah the shit. movie's from like 1981. I guess Kevin Costner saw his hair, so yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> so in the... Um, Book, the main character is also is Ray, Ray Kinsella, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he is an Iowa corn farmer who is uh, on the verge of bankruptcy. And here's he's, he's a shit farmer. He's a terrible he's farmer. He's not good at farming. He's like, let me not farm he this was, area. Uh, he was an insurance farm. salesman. He decided, fuck it, I'll get this farm. <laughs> yeah. And he's not, he doesn't know how to farm. Yep. Yep. He hires the guy who rented him the farm to like help him. The oldest living it. Chicago cub. Yes. Yeah, that's in the, that's the guy's always. He's not even a cub anymore. He's a full bear. He's, not <laughs> <laughs> he's graduated. Yeah, he's very grizzly. But he's not, I'm the oldest cub, and uh, he sells him the farm on the cheap, and he lives there with his wife, who just loves everything he does. Mm-hmm. She, she is like the most just 
accepting person in the entire world. Man, as the only married guy uh, here, at least in the podcast, I don't speak for you. Uh, uh, that sounds <laughs> lovely. Because um, everything you do is great. You bankrupted us, but it, we're fine. If you want to, honey, do it. I support that, it. That's it's great. You want to go book. run away for six weeks and uh, go watch baseball games across the country while and your child and I JD Salinger. That's just wonderful. But I'm gonna bang you really nicely before you go first. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really happen like that often. At least not in my experience. It's more like, hey. Hey, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> the milk doesn't go on that shelf. <laughs> and they're like, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought because, you know, I'm a tall man, I'd put it where I could reach it. And she's like, you know, fuck you. It goes on the door. And you're like, oh. She's five feet tall. She is five feet tall, and, and I'm a lot taller than her. But it's like, honey, it, you could fucking reach that. It's not in the attic. It's, it's, just, it's just the same as kidnapping an internationally renowned author. It is. To go to a Red Sox game. Yep. So if I did that, my wife would probably be very cool with it. She'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Just put the fucking, you know, you didn't make the bed right today. <laughs> And uh, and you and you left the light on in the hallway again. Fuck you to death, Michael. Fuck you <laughs> right in the neck. So uh, Ray Kinsella then has this has voice. Here's voices. Yeah, so clearly he's schizophrenic. Which we're gonna yeah. drink enough beers today to also hear voices, but <laughs> probably yeah. um, not yet. Not yet. We're working on. I still want to try that one. Nate has, but he ha- he hears a voice and it tells him, if you build it, he will come on your tits, and then <laughs> <laughs> he can't control himself. Right, right. on your face. <laughs> Pearl, it's, the original title was Pearl Necklace of Dreams. But he, he, he's like, all right, I'm going to... And he knows, as, as people who hear voices do, he knows from whom the voice comes and what the fuck it's talking about. And then he's like, oh, yeah. He means the long-deceased, disgraced MLB star, Shoeless Joe Jackson. <laughs> and, uh, he, he's got amazing powers of deduction because they gave him nothing. <laughs> and he's like, oh, of course, within a page. He, he doesn't even it's doubt Shoeless it. Shoeless Joe. Yeah. Yeah, so sure. he, who else could it be? He... Plows over his corn farm. They didn't even farm. say what to build. Yeah, that's what I'm understanding. Like, like, if you no, build, why don't you it. build a house or something? Yeah, yeah. like if you build it, the bank will stop like foreclosing on you. Well, clearly they didn't. But that's like, later. What other things could that be really funny? Like, what other things he built mistakenly first? It's like I built the taco shop. <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> he starts to build an ark, and yeah. it just doesn't. You know, so that's what happened last time. It's Iowa. They love that shit. So, he, and there are definitely some religious overtones to this book. Well, yeah, because we'll God get to loves baseball. Duh. That's because God's American. <laughs> he just waited a really long time to make it. So <laughs> she was practicing with the old countries. Yeah. So it's not only about Shoeless Joe. He's also reminiscing about his father, who was a really big uh, baseball fan. And so he thinks somehow he'll also get in touch with his father, who's, be- who's dead, uh, through building this thing, too. Right. They make a much bigger deal about that in the movie. Not a little bit less in the book. It's in the book, though. So It is in the book, but fa- the movie ends with... The father coming out, and then he gets to see his father. Well, they make is, a Am bigger, I correct about that? Because well, I haven't actually seen the movie, so I could I be believe that's correct. And that definitely does. It's been a while. Yeah. I, and since that's the very ending of the movie, that makes it a much bigger deal. The much more yeah, uh, he, thematically it, important it plot point. And it doesn't happen in the book. Is Ray Liotta I was just about dad? to say, I think Ray Liotta think is Ray in it. He's in it. Is yeah. he the dad, or is he Shoeless Joe I think he's Shoeless Joe Jackson. Right. That sounds right, yeah. I mean, it's star-studded. But yet, he rolls out of the cornfield with shoes on. Right. Well, they explain in the book well, where you know, the name n- came from. Nicknames. Nah, nah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly had no idea where that nickname came from before I read the book. I knew I had heard he was, like, he was a hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> Big hairy feet. Yes. Questing for rings and shit. They never got. They never got that <laughs> ring. No. So uh, he builds the farm to one bring back the ghost of Shoeless Joe Jackson as one I mean, does. He, he builds the baseball field. The baseball field. That's yeah. yeah. On but his first, he only builds left field. That's where Shoeless Joe played. The most yeah. important part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. You got to start somewhere. It's just called no, a patch. It's a patch of grass. Not home plate. No. <laughs> left no discerning field. characteristics. It's just it's a patch of grass. Like a corner of outfield. This is left field. Yeah, sure. yeah, but home plate? Wouldn't home plate be? Yeah, you could. Act, that would be. Thing. It's yeah. funny. We're actually sitting in right field right now. Like this. Oh, right uh, mm. so close, Matt Keller. 
Well, no shoes, Joe, coming out here. Maybe we'll get the ghost of a decent Mets team to come out here. <laughs> the 86 Mets. The ghost of Matt Harvey. For a minute. Yeah. Then when he gets good, they'll trade him. Well, he's already gone. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we're having another McKellar New York beer that came out today. Is this that is right? It's brand new. Wow. Fresh wow. as fuck. It's called Oil Baron. It is fresh as fuck. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, so this beer is um, brewed with... Um, from a hop farmer called uh, Seagull Ranch Hops, and uh, they use they have these high oil cascade hops. Uh, it's just really, really just. What What is a high oil hop? Just uh, hops, like all different hops have different kind of qualities to them. You know, um, there's Aust- uh, there's New Zealand hops. Everything is and, and each each hop. You know, for instance, Nelson Salvin is has like a little smokiness, earthiness to it more so than so. Uh, so this one is oily. It's high oil, so it's it has a lot of distinct hop flavors from the cascade, okay. but it's more highly concentrated. Is the oil where you're going to get the bitterness and stuff from, too? Like yes. The, the alpha acids or whatever those things are? Exactly. Cascade is a, a name I definitely recognize and see in a lot of beer labels and stuff. They're like, oh, with Cascade hops. It's like one of the original, like, old-school North American... If there is such thing as an old-school North American hop, that's it. Uh, it's something that, in IPAs, you're pretty much going to have Cascade most of the time in beer. If they don't, you know, it's it's one of the readily available hops that are still affordable. Like right now, hops is the demand is so crazy with the influx of new breweries popping up um, all across the world, not just in the U.S. So that's uh, Cascades of Riddles. So if they don't specify, there's a chance that that's what it is. That's I would, or it's at least involved. Yes, but this one is just that. This is a this is a strictly Cascade. It's pure. That's, it's, that's, it's, is that pure shit? It's, it's, it's that pure Cascade. Cascade is definitely one that I've brewed with in my shitty home brewing times, so it's not that hard to get. But there's like a bajillion types of hops out there. Yes. And Nelson's, I don't even know how to say that one. That's an expensive one, I'm pretty sure. Yes, that's from New Zealand. So, um, you know, like those Gal- are Galaxy is expensive. Galaxy, and that's Citra, a lot of Simcoe. These are kind of hops that are really, really uh, in demand. And it's one of these things that they're not. there's not enough available. And there's like I said, there's new breweries popping up all the time, people expanding, people growing, and it's driving these prices up. So, uh, breaking news, we are joined here by our friend. Introduce yourself. My name is Eli. Yeah, Eli is a, a friend of ours who has hung out with us before and listens to the show. So, uh, welcome aboard. Big fan. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Thank you. So, since we got him here, let's have one of these other beers. Maybe you could tell us about the same. This is number 37. This is the Random IPA. So, this is a really great 7.3% uh, IPA uh, brewed with our friend Ryan, who is the owner and head brewer of Casita uh, Cerveceria. They're a, a Gypsy Brewery in uh, the Bruce in North Carolina. And, Gypsy uh, Brewery is that a thing? That means well, he's, he's, he's brewing steal your beers from you. Yeah, <laughs> when you're not paying attention. His uh, tears ruin all the beers. <laughs> <laughs> now this is a great, uh, great offering. Uh, this is one of my favorite IPAs on draft, and uh, yeah, this was is also really fresh. We had this as part of our four can release last week, and um, yeah, this along with um, Chop Shop as well as uh, our collaboration with Other Half in Brooklyn, uh, All Royal Everything Queens Edition, and um, <laughs> as well as. Uh, uh, chin music, which is maybe you mentioned Shawn Michaels earlier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's sweet chin music. Sweet chin the music. best Michaels. It's also a baseball reference. Is it really though? Yeah, what is, what when is, you, is that when you pitch high? You almost yeah, you're pitching high and inside, and you almost clobber somebody's chin. Oh. Chin music. Do you know a lot about baseball, Eli? I've watched a few games. Yes, right. even Mets games, believe it or not. Uh, he's a pro. Oh, you he's felt a, like, a felt like cutting color. yourself. You felt like cutting yourself that day. Uh, it's happened a couple times. Yeah. This is delicious. I mean the the. Um, I don't know exactly what I'm looking for with the high oil stuff, but like the galaxy hops, that is like a really distinct flavor that I know. That is, mm-hmm. that is definitely prevalent. We were talking before, I think off off record, about how expensive certain hops are. Yes. So you know, this is like a. This is the high oil. 
one. So this is uh, it, it, this has uh, uh, Galaxy, uh, which is a New Zealand hop. A lot of pineapple flavors you get from that. Very, juice, very almost. juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we also have the, the, the Seagull Ranch High Oak Cascade, which is um, uh, just, it adds to that. And um, it also has Simcoe, which is a... This is, this is the one from the Oil Baron that was by itself. Yes. But now it's in this one plus other stuff. It's like a hybrid with other hops. Okay. And, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Slightly I, like, I feel like I've heard this name before. Like oh, it, was, it was 10 minutes ago, yeah. <laughs> Simcoe is a pretty common IPA. I've heard of Simcoe. Yes. Simcoe. Probably from you. I think I have some at home, so. It's a great, uh, that's, that's another kind of sought-after hop variety. It costs uh, pretty penny, but it's a really great beer. It has like a resiny flavor. Um, definitely, uh, I'm sorry, a hop that I personally enjoy a lot. That's really good. For a brewery that makes a shit ton of different beers, coming up with the names must be a pain in the ass. It is not only a pain in the ass, How many word magnets do you use? (laughs) (laughs) Or do you use the the manatees from uh, Family Guy? (laughs) Not only is it a pain in the ass, but it's also uh, a lot of copyright. Uh, You know, certain breweries already produce beer. There's a separate lawyer for that. They get, for lack of a better word, butthurt. That's the right word. That's the technical term, actually. There is no better word. That is it. (laughs) Butthurt is the best word. Illegally butthurt. (laughs) (laughs) From all uh, those subpoenases. (laughs) Subpoenas, I like that. Wow. (laughs) Oh, the, the, I, the puns happen. I'm starting. That. I'm start, I, that, That's a very good one. I like that. <laughs> I'm impressed. They go uh, deep. Uh, the but no, there's a lot of uh, jury booty. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I'll think anymore. Well, maybe we should talk a little bit more about the book. Did, uh, did Sean Michaels sue you <laughs> for, for Chin music? music? The jury is still out. No, uh, it's, it's, uh, no. He's he like, just well, happy someone acknowledged him? And then he got like, pissed off. You no, know, he's like, I, I, I wonder what Sean Michaels is up to right now is the bigger question. I think he still kind of appears at random wrestling things. I think he's like, an ancillary character in the WWE. Generation X, that's all I gotta say. I thought he had a big falling out with uh, Vince McMahon. Is that right? I mean, I haven't actually watched it. It's really wrestling hard to tell what is real and what is not in wrestling. I, I, think I mean, besides a, it all not being besides real. Besides the like, wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a great story about him. He used to be like one of the big story writers for the whole narrative, really, right. the 80s and the 90s, and then got. The like, 80s? Is he that old? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. He's old school. He got dicked over pretty bad by Vince McMahon. Apparently, that he was supposed to become like the the, the champion. He was uh, listening to that nuts on your chin music, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and then he rewrote the story at a WrestleMania. Oh, that's a thing. The There's a name for that. It's like the Montreal Screwball that's or something it. like that's that. It. Yeah, it's not. I, I think I, is it Montreal? Is that what it was? It's something like that. But you know what I'm talking Canadian, but yeah, that's. Exactly I, I remember reading the Wikipedia page on that. And I was like, is that like a? That sounds like a sexual move. <laughs> I gave her a Montreal screwball. Uh, that's when you pour. That's when you, pour, really when you pour syrup on your balls and shove them in. Screw job, I think is. Screw job, even better. Same thing. Yes. Same idea. That's when you like. Try to like butter churn a dick as a screw job. <laughs> Get like an Indian burn on and it. Mu- but a Montreal ones when you use maple syrup yeah. to use it. That's, that's lube. That's. <laughs> as you'd use that in case you don't shower and it's bad. <laughs> All right, so after Shawn Michaels, let's get back to the book. So um, we were talking about the book. So the, the next about crippling schizophrenia. Uh, probably bad the business sense. <coughs> and then he goes, he has this idea. Another voice tells him he needs to go to New Hampshire and kidnap. JD but it doesn't say that to him. It just says, his pain. end his pain with a Montreal <laughs> screwjob. <laughs> end his pain. It just says, end his pain, which, like, oh. in his mind, means uh, take him to a baseball game. This take guy him makes to some fantastic game. leaps in logic and Yet they plans. all work out. He's like, and they're, they're all, all, they're all immediate. They're all immediate. He spends no time working out what he's got to do. Right, it's not mm-hmm. even like Jeff Goldblum in uh, Independence Day. There's no like <laughs> weird train where it's like, oh, this, this, this. It's just like, oh, they must mean J.D. Salinger, because I read an article once. And then his wife is like, that's great, honey. You go do that. I think she's I, just fucking, what's a, mommy's little helper? Like, she's valiumed out all day. <laughs> honestly, that was the most unrealistic part of the book for me. The wife, his Even wife more agreed to everything. We, we Eli is the other married gentleman now joining us. And I said, oh, right. No, no. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's right, though. <laughs> that the wife is, yeah, do that. 
And not in the way when my wife, when I asked her, I mean, she's like, yeah, go do that. And then parentheses, and you'll fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> and I will end you, big man. <laughs> so he goes, uh, he builds the We're baseball field. We're all stabbing when we sleep. But the thing is, before he even has to go end J.D. Salinger's pain, he is hanging out and watching baseball games, and his wife and his toddler child are sitting there watching these deceased old-timers play a phantom other team. Yeah, they can also see his fantasies. And there's a, there's a, unlike the movie, in the movie the field just kind of ends in the corn. You know, like they just kind of yeah. walk out of it. There's actually a wall with a door that he builds, and they, they walk through the door, and then they close it behind him and go to the, the great beyond for baseball players. It's a metaphor. For what exactly? Knock, knocking on heaven's door. Cornholing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. For cornholing. <laughs> so uh, uh, he then has to end Salinger's pain, and he has to then, like, figure out where J.D. Salinger lives, because J.D. Salinger was one alive at this time, and it was, even at the time, a recluse in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Which we talked about J.D. Salinger's famous book on episode one of the Drunk Yeah, that was the very first episode. And uh, determined that Holden Caulfield was, in fact, a bitch throughout the whole book. So He was, yeah. So a question we should ask later, is J.D. Salinger a bitch? That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't strike me as a bitch. No, he's, he was a bitch. But we'll get to it. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about one of these other beers. I'll just use this cup again, actually. What's next, next to your hand? This is... 44. This is NYC. This is also made at McKellar NYC. This is Willits Wit. Yes. Named for Willits Point, in which city field takes place or is. We are currently <laughs> in Willits Point right now. Yeah. Um, so this is a really great, uh, you know, our interpretation of a Belgian style wheat beer. Appeals uh, for the masses. Uh, definitely a beer that is drinkable but also complex at the same time. It smells no. lovely. Now, is there a big difference between well, what does wit mean? Does it mean wheat or does it mean it's wheat? It's yeah, wheat. So it's a Belgian wheat beer. Belgian style wheat beer. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, man, come on. You're on the clock. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is uh, definitely a beer that, um, you know, I, I think has a great place here. Not many uh, New York breweries do wheat beers, and uh, I think this really came out very well, and um, definitely something uh, that I enjoy. What does it mean in this context of Belgian style? Well, I mean, you know, it's just be... Uh, is it those it, specific hops? Is that what it is? It's just, it's just, it's a specific style. You know, there's, there's American, there's wheat beers that don't have like the, the uh, actual yeast profile in this. So it adds like layers to the beer that is different than just your standard Blue Moon or something like those. Even though that's technically a Belgian style wood as well. Um, but okay, is it? Yeah, Blue Moon is interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I notice uh, this has like a super frothy head on it. Is that a product of the wheat too? Is that like a? Um, I think yeah. No, I, I would definitely I, I, yes. I could definitely. <laughs> All signs point. Judges say yes. Okay. Mm, yep. <laughs> Might be also how we poured it into these cups. No, but even <laughs> when it was poured at the bar, even when you know, the, the staff poured it, it was like... Wheat ones, yeah. for me, tend to be quite, like, not, almost light. In terms Just of like, what? In terms of flavor. It's like very crisp, but has, like, a it's banana very, clove it's like kind a, of situation like, yeah. It's, like, nice. Like a like hint of, like, cool. spiciness That's to it. That's cool. I, it's uh, so I mean, there's another another style of beer which is not a Belgian style. Of it is a Hefeweizen, which is a German style beer, which is uh, purity laws, this that, and the other. So it yeah, the Germans all about Belgium. purity laws. The, Bel- the Belgian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they made some very strict laws there's from what I can remember. Them, yes, <laughs> they've um, had practice. <laughs> the, he's referring to that is that Rheinheinsgebot or something yes. like that. The 1516, the, the year like 15 something teens, German beer purity law. Was that the? That's uh, not the purity I was talking. Yeah, about. I know. Was it was that a little the, before was that, Munich. Was that, f- was that the third or fourth Rheinhausfassbach? This is the first Reich. No, this is a. Uh, it's also when like some brewers like get a hard on from that. Like, oh, we uh, we brew by this. I think Sam Adams used to do that a lot and talk about their. I think that would be impure in Germany. But they're like, oh, we we follow this tradition. It's like a traditional thing, and people say we have this age long, like, ages long tradition that we're following. 
that makes our beer better. It's like an advertising it's like cultural, thing. It's like a cultural thing. I but mean, it's, it's still, it still is a, it's a, a standard in Germany. And the thing that's really cool about Germany that um, and I like about just Europe in general is that everything's kind of region-specific. So, like, you know, in Berlin, the Berliner Weiss is, is very prominent, you know. Is um, it just because they're from, from the old days when shipping things around wasn't really a thing? Exactly. And they're set in their ways. And it's also... Not set in your ways, but, like, it's just that things develop way more regionally than they would in. nowadays. Exactly. I mean, the, yeah, things uh, things didn't travel as quickly, so the beer didn't either. Send these hops over to this other country. They'll be there in four months. Yes. Good luck. Well, that's the whole history of the IPA as well. You know, hops acting oh, yeah. as a natural preservative around the Cape of Good Hope. So um, the Brits, during a peaceful uh, Indian occupation, wanted... Very peaceful occupation, from what I hear. Oh, yeah. Totally peaceful. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Sure, yeah. No hard feelings about that. <laughs> Those Raj holes. Anyway. So, I like this beer. I'm not a big Wit fan, but this is, right. this is nice. This has a... As you said, the complexity, right? There's like a lot of flavors in there that, I mean, you could drink this fast and like a hot day. This is a good beer. It's like refreshing. But if I you sip it. I think we all finished it quickly. We yeah. did finish mm -hmm. very quickly. We've been talking a lot. It makes you thirsty. It's not, it's, yeah. it's an occupational hazard. There's like a lot of different flavors. Like you mentioned Banana Club. You definitely always get that with the wheat beers. It looks like, like a peppery kind of spiciness flavor sometimes in there. I, I thought this was really nice. And the fact That's that lovely. it was right here in, in shit Queens is nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hopefully this neighborhood up and comes soon, but it's still surrounded by the uh, the chop shops and the uh, and the seven. Speaking of chop shops, I was thinking of the seven train and uh, John Rocker, but sure, yeah, I'll take out the uh, John Rocker. John Rocker, what was that? Wow. 1996 or some shit? Do you know what that was Nate? Do you remember this? I have you were no idea at the time. what you're talking this about. This was fucking. That's not chop shop. This is chop shop. No, that's oh chop no, wait, actually, I think I do know this. John story. Rocker was somebody the guy. told him just take the train. He just yeah, take he the, he took the, the train. seven train, and he was talking about all the. The, you know, the ethnics it. and the queers on the train. This is a guy like from out of pregnant town, Pregnant right? teen mothers. He, was, he, played, he played for Atlanta. I don't know where he was from, but yeah, he yeah, didn't. I think he's a southerner or something. He's also. definitely a southerner. He looked, he had a big jaw. That's all I remembered. Yeah, he flapped it. Hey but he hey <laughs> and, and somebody told him, you know, just take the seven over to the. Over, yeah, he's over, a professional fucking game. baseball player. Probably saying about other people. Why didn't you take a fucking cab with the rest of them? The land before Uber. And then, <laughs> and then afterward, he said some very, you know, he said some was it very non PC things. It must have been it. the post. <laughs> John Cocker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it probably had the headline was like a hole, but it was like the logo for the A train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like or the, for the, Atlanta the post. Uh, post headline. That's All right, awesome. so we're gonna try a different beer. Yeah. Right so now? there's one called Chop Shop. I think this was Chop Shop. Yes. Chop, chop Shop. So a Chop Shop. If you don't know what that term is, can someone enlighten us? Eli, chop Shop is where. Chop Shop is. Eli, do you want to talk about Chop Shops? Why do you ask the Latino <laughs> to explain the chop shop? I actually didn't know you were a Latino. I just, just, you just saw it in my eyes. Uh, I believe from playing Grand Theft Auto, it is a, an establishment that uh, takes in stolen cars um, and then dismantles them so that they can be sold for spare parts and uh, makes it so that the car cannot be found. So it's nice. like the non-Caucasian version of a chopped, the salad joint. <laughs> <laughs> And it costs, actually, at a chop shop, but the car costs about the same as the salad at Chopped. So yeah. that's true. It's an interesting so it, coincidence. It's expensive salad, that's do, what you said. Uh, do they call salad. this Chop Shop because of the area? So, I mean, it definitely, uh, so I showed you guys nice. the can design. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's literally a, it's a Chop Shop. An interpret yeah, it's a for, for everyone else in the world who's never been to City Field slash Shea Stadium, which I still call it when I discuss it, it's entirely surrounded by Chop Shops. Or, you know, mechanics. It's mechanics. That's the But PC it's like term. the words, uh, not the words, the roads by these things are essentially mud, dirt roads, which is dangerous. They're like something out of Mad Max. Yeah. yeah. But I it's just, it's just, it's here. blocks and blocks of just mechanics. And that's it for some weird reason. And I guess it's getting 
changed now-ish. But here's the Berliner Weiss. We have our chop chops. Right now. <laughs> it's a regional. You're starting to see some of them. You know, these yeah, I mean, there's just there's too many of them. Close shop. It was that way for 30 years, at least. Apparently, I heard some stories from some people who worked for the Mets and for 30 years or so, and they were saying that, like, years ago, cops would even dare drive back there. there it was crime-ridden. I had uh, a lot of my, my high school girlfriend. We were in Queens, and her dad got his car fixed at the chop shops there. This I'd never really been like driving through that area. It's like this is a fucking weird it place. Is wild. It's, it's just it's just it's just mechanics. They probably do good work if you think about it. I mean, they they, have to they work fix fast. the car <laughs> and <laughs> they will work with any car. Yeah, because if fucking ice floods the area, they all get sent away. So they've got to do sh- <laughs> quick work. <laughs> that actually, when you get off the highway, if you drive here, heading from like the uh, the Grand Central, or, yeah, uh, there. I mean, peop- every day I drive into work and there's people waving you, trying to get you in there, and it's like, how do you get waved into a mechanic? You know, th- like, do you need any work done? Well, for me, like, they don't even bother me because uh, I drive, like, a 2009 Prius, so they're like, oh, yeah, this guy, no. Nah, we don't have to get car, Did you go recycle something? Bernie <laughs> supporter. Yep. Um, for Jill Stein. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love Jill. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm actually with her. Not I'm with her, but different her. <laughs> oh, pronouns. <laughs> Oh, but, but that's about, why it's but about called the beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, should talk about um, that. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thank it's very you. good. So this is a it's a rotating IPA series that we're gonna come out with here. This is the first uh, what does that chop mean? shop one. So basically, whatever hops we have available that we can procure is gonna be it's gonna be like a mixed bag every time you try. So you can reuse the name, different. but it will be different each time. Exactly. So it'll be chop shop number two, number because it says chop shop number one. Yes. I didn't even really. You know what? That. That's kind of fitting for the name. <laughs> use the parts available. Yeah, whatever parts you know, are around. That's a, I Fuck. like where your head's at. It's like, well, this muffler's been sitting here since 1947, so might as well throw <laughs> it in a 2015 Grand Cherokee. I don't know. Not in a Prius. No, Not in the no Prius. Prius. No, they don't bother me. <laughs> They're like, this guy, no. So will the oats and wheat part of it stay the same? Is it just the hops that'll change? Yeah, the hops are, are basically going to be the change. So cool. this one says Citra Simcoe Mosaic. That's because that's what was here. So yeah, next I mean, time you do it, it will be not those. It, it, it's definitely, there's definitely going to be some changes in the next one. Okay. Uh, not quite sure what exactly. Question: Even if you have the same three hops, can you do a beer differently? Yeah, you can. I mean, you know, also under you know, there's another kind of variable is the fact that um, you know, different hops harvested from different farms have different fl- qualities and flavor profiles. Some are more aromatic, have more aromatics like, than others. Would a would a Simcoe from some one place be different from another place, or is it definitely? And that's like a really tough thing too with uh, a lot of the craft breweries out there is that somebody might love one beer and you can get the same hops from the same farm, but Maybe the harvest isn't as good, and that's a whole variable. So it's almost like know. vintages and wines. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, except this, the only thing about these beers is that, like, you know, you have to drink them fresh. You know, IPAs. I mean, they don't age. They do not age. Um, so I tell my wife all the time, like, "Honey, it's going to go bad if I don't drink it. <laughs> need, it's we're throwing money away." <laughs> Michael, you need help. <laughs> it's, it's Tuesday. <laughs> uh, we have to know. Can't. Honey, we have bills. <laughs> so, uh, but also when you put the hops. In the beer, I mean, in, in addition to changing the quantity, but if you put it, you know, says, I mean, the typical boil for a home brewer is 60 minutes. I don't know if it's quite the same for an industrial scale like this, but there's a boiling period. If you put the hops in at 40 minutes versus 30 minutes, that'll make a significant difference. Signif- and even minute, yeah, minutes, as you said, are, could have a, you know, could change the whole dynamic of a beer. So that's fucking nuts. So you can go like ape shit with, you know, only a handful of hops. And, and as, nev- pe- as people do. <laughs> as, okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you put the hops in at the very beginning, you get the bitterness, but not the flavor so much, or the smell. If you put it at the end, you get the flavor and the smell, but not the bitterness. That's that's exactly right. Uh, you know, the aromatics you get generally are later hop additions, and that's what. Um, yeah, that's it's more. It resonates more in the beer. So like, um, Dogfish had sixty minute, ninety minute, hundred twenty minute, all those. That's they add hops consistently throughout. That's what they're 
Is that what the minute is? Yeah, it's like how long the boil is and how how long they're adding the hops. All right. Now, to do that, you know, at home, that's a pain in the balls, but, like, if you're brewing 20 barrels or 50 barrels, or probably do actually does a significantly larger batch than that even, um, you know, you just, like, slowly trickling hops in. Though I'd love to imagine there's, like, a poor bastard intern who has to just keep sprinkling them in like a flower girl at a wedding, just <laughs> throwing <laughs> hops in for 90 right? minutes. <laughs> Get to work there. Earn your, earn your stipend. The car- carpal tunnels. <laughs> yes. The, the, the crazy thing with brewing, and I'm not a brewer, and uh, I'm not a home brewer either, but the, the, the time you spend most on your day-to-day basis is cleaning. Oh, yeah, it's gross. And that's one of those things that you, you know, you need it. It's like, uh, it's it's like Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Half exactly. the shit was scrubbing out those tanks. <laughs> no, it, it's ac- it's really, it's, it's accurate. Um, so that's that's one thing. It's like, oh, this is like the coolest job. It's like, have well, you guys ever thought of, you know at bars, they have that sink full of that liquid they just tip the cl- cups into clean? <laughs> <laughs> what if you just had a really big one of those? A swimming pool-sized one? <laughs> yeah. So like a crane. You know, like how they, you know how, they paint, how they paint doors? They just dip the whole door in a thing? Just get a big one of that, same liquid. There you go, man. There you go. My boss would not be about that. I'll tell you that much. He'd freak the fuck out. <laughs> oh, man. So do you send... I mean, looking at the size of those things, do you send some poor bastards in there to, that was my exact to question, scrub them actually. out? So um, do you hire people based on their stature? Like, you are the perfect... I know the job like, for like you. A jo- like, a, like, a jo- like a jockey. Yeah, like a jockey, yeah. A small oh, man. a hobbit. Fit inside the, uh, fit inside the top. <laughs> and you hire you know, a very I, tall person to hold him by the ankles. So. <laughs> I'm going to have to check back with you on that. I'm not sure. That's not a no. <laughs> I, you, when you say, whenever you see like videos or images of, of professional brewers, they look like fucking cranberry farmers. Like they're wearing this serious overalls thing oh, often. The, the Carhartts? That come, is that what that's called? It comes like, it's like overalls, those, but those they're like rubberized like, yeah, or like heavy duty canvas so you don't get they're like waterproof. Fly fishermen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like, because they're like soaked. Uh, there's so much hosing and rinsing and scrubbing. It's like, not that beer making was particularly glamorous to begin with, but when you realize that they're these, ninety percent of their job is cleaning the shit, five percent is boiling, and the rest is—I mean, there's a lot of drinking actually. I'm going to adjust those numbers, but there's—it's a lot of cleaning. It is not—I mean, I guess that's a, that's one of the big reasons why home brewers like you do it one time and you're like, and it came out shitty, and they're like, yeah, because you didn't clean everything right. Like you have to like sanitize everything. Oh no, I actually just made some at home. I was kind of kind of cut some corners, cutting cut some corners. Yeah. You know, just like pretend. You just pretend you're making now a you sour. A, now you have a staff infection. <laughs> making a sour. <laughs> is sour not clean? Sours, well, it's about like the depending on the type of sour, I suppose. I mean, probably Sam could say more about this, but like I think it's about the yeast that's in like the environment. So that's like so more of like the Belgian. You know, there's also like short-term sours, uh, kettle sours, kettle sours, which are in stainless. Uh, but I mean, there's also a lot of beers that you might have that have those qualities that shouldn't have those qualities, which means they get they're infected. All right, we have a lot more of this book to talk about, and more beers. But we should like at least to pretend oh, we're going to talk about the book. <laughs> we should pretend we're going to talk about the book between beers. Okay, so he goes his wife, who is uh, very hot and a redhead, and uh, he talks constantly talking about how hot the wife is in the book. It's like oh, and then. We're covered in sweat after some lovemaking, and she, her little ringlets are on her head, and she's like, hey, just go fucking kidnap J.D. Salinger. You just go, you just do that, honey. And then he does. Yeah, and then he, but first he has to stop in Des Moines and buy a gun. Well, yeah, you can't kidnap someone without a gun. I mean, well, he does um, kidnap him without a gun, but anyway, so he drives all the way to New Hampshire, goes to uh, Fenway in Boston, buys some tickets, then drives to J.D. Salinger's house and shows up at his house in his driveway, and he's just like, hey, get in the car. But he's like, he's really weird about it. He's like, I, yeah. I think you should come with me. It'll be really cool. And, and J.D. Salinger's like, uh, you're a crazy person. But he also senses, you know, as you do with crazy people, I don't want to make any sudden movements and then mm-hmm. end up a corpse. So he's like, uh. There's a lot of contradictions here because he buys the gun. It's premeditated. It's yeah. he, why do you buy a gun? Because you intend to use one. Sure. So at some point he knew he was going to resort to it. 
Yeah. It, it, he some ends up heavy-handed foreshadowing for later yeah, in the book. Sure. So anyway, he shows up at J.D. Salinger's house, and J.D. Salinger gets in the car. They go to Fenway, and then they he tells him the story about his baseball field out in out in Iowa. And, oh, and I'm sure J.D. Salinger is thinking, wow, what a crazy person this is. But Great they go, story, guy. Yeah, and they go there. They see the baseball game, and J.D. Salinger pretends he doesn't love it, but, you know, turns out he really does like baseball. Because he did an interview way, way years ago where he said, yeah, when I was a kid, the most the thing I wanted to do most was... Be a baseball player. Be a baseball player and on I, the polo grounds. But he also, Kinsella, the name Ray Kinsella is in a J.D. Salinger short story. Mm-hmm. And Ray Kinsella has a twin brother. I forgot his first name. Richard. Dick Kinsella was also in a J.D. Salinger well, He was book. in Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. He Richard was Salinger is in Catcher in the Rye. So he's like, don't you see? This is crazy destiny. Like, he's an obsessed fan. And Salinger's like, I didn't even, that, that story wasn't even that good. <laughs> yeah. He, he, the character J.D. Salinger actually says, that wasn't very good. Why did you, why did you do that? But he buys it. That, that's a weird thing. He's, he's oddly compliant with this, this sale. Yeah, well, one, I this think argument's not that not good. the weirdest thing in the book, but yes, that was a little bit weird. He's just looking. He's just an old man looking for adventure. I mean, mm-hmm. as a recluse in the woods, there's just only so many drifters you can murder. Like, <laughs> what else does Salinger do at his time? Not that many. And so they they go to they go to Fenway. They see the game, and then J.D. Salinger agrees to go with Ray all the way back to Iowa. But first, they have to go to Minnesota, right? But then they're, he's going to go. Uh, J.D. Salinger's just going to like. Literally leave, just like go with him. Well, the reason why is because when they're doing they're at the game, JD Salinger also hears the voice of whatever, and then he pretends he doesn't, and he sees the name on the scoreboard for Moonlight Graham. It shows like you know old time records, and it's Moonlight Graham. One game played, zero at bats. One inning played. One inning played. Yeah, zero at bats, zero 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 across the board, which was a real dude, which is kind of cool. Was a real dude? Absolutely. Oh shit. And that was I was when you read about uh, Kinsella how he wrote the book. He saw that kind of flipping through like the giant baseball encyclopedia books. I mean, I don't know if they even still make those in hard copy, but I remember my dad having that book, like the 1994 baseball encyclopedia. Yeah. It was like a fucking cinder block sized book, and and it had like the, the same kind of paper that like Bibles are printed on. So <laughs> like they're wafer, like <laughs> unbelievably thin, hair thin papers, and you like turn them and they like crinkle like crazy. And then you know, in, in you need like a magnifying glass to read it, like that kind of text. And that that dude was in there. It has like every person who ever touched a baseball on a field. Maybe he's a real guy. He's a real guy. Anyway, they go off to Minnesota because they need to find that guy, Moonlight Graham, who because he's also dead. Yeah, he's also dead. But they get there and they just start asking people in town. He and Salinger, they're like privatized, you know, they're like detectives. They're here. watching you. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh-huh. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> uh, and what? so they're watching their every move. <laughs> I actually don't know what you're referring to. It's a Hole and Oats song. All right, great. That beer had oats in it too, and that's inception deep right but now. But did it have hall? Yes. This room is rather hallish. It is, yeah, for sure. So anyway, they go to Minnesota, and then they like Nobody find out about, about this guy whose name was uh, uh, Moonlight Graham. He played for one inning, one time, zero at-bats, but then he went and became a doctor, and he was the doctor in this town for like decades. And he had died like 20 years before, but still everybody remembered him. Was it 1965? It was, like, it was a while ago. It was a hot minute. He died a hot so minute. It was Minnesota, ago. so it was more like a lukewarm minute. Yeah, yeah. right. Hot Minnesota. And because <laughs> it's Minnesota, we are not going to like talk about it too much. And But then there's heat, <laughs> and then Ray and J.D. Salinger get back in the car to go well, to Iowa. Well, Ray... Finds his ghost. He hangs right, yeah, out that, with the ghost of the guy. And, and no, 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 they Sanders find his old there. ghost. They yeah. find his old ghost. Old man ghost. And they talk shit for a while. And then when they leave, they find his young ghost. His younger, him hitchhiking. Is a, but mm-hmm. is it a ghost, though? Because yeah, it's 100% a ghost. He's dead. <laughs> if he played in 1905. Oh, you mean, was it all just a hallucination? That is very, very possible. He was but a very tangible ghost. So we'll get there later, but you know, there are other people who can't see the, the, the yes, ballpark yeah, who yeah. see the young Moonlight Graham. It's a loose definition of ghost. 
That, that, that part I had a problem with. But yeah, we'll it's get it's there. inconsistent, for sure. So anyway, the, at, literally as they're leaving, they're, they're, they find the young Moonlight Graham basically hitchhiking. Say, like, where are you guys going? And like, and we're, we're going to Iowa. Okay, I'll go there, too. It's like all the way to Iowa. And then they, they get back. So Ray and J.D. Salinger and Moonlight, they arrive back in Iowa. Basically, the idea is they're going to play, play some of these phantom baseball games. And, you know, all life is going to be good, except a bunch of bad things have happened while uh, Ray was away from the farm. Like running out of beer. Um, <laughs> Let's drink this other beer here because we're trying to figure out what it is. And then the other half of the book deals with this other thing. Oh, wait. yeah, it's the best connection I can come up with. Kind of close enough. So anyhow, so but this is a beer that's uh, in our, is our collaboration with Other Half Brewing down in Carroll Gardens or Gowanus area. Um, it's uh, they're one of the top breweries in the city. We're good friends with them. They we brewed one beer here, one beer there. This is the Queen's Edition. Uh, so this is a 10.5 percent double I, or triple IPA. Holy shit! Um, and this is uh, has Mosaic, Amarillo, Idaho Seven, and Citra. I see there's two on the menu. I think I might have gotten the wrong one. Then I got 45, which has other half slice. Oh, maybe I got the. I think Ball I got the, I, I got the uh, that one's K. One. This is Kiwi. So there's a Queen's Edition and a Brooklyn Edition. Is that for Kings? Oh yes, yes. No, oh, this is the Brooklyn so, one. So you got the Brooklyn one. Oh. Throw it away. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say it, it looks uh, a little bit. Uh, uh, is look, the difference that noticeable? Oh, uh, it's a little bit. I could just uh, another half beer. Uh, we'll they the have other, different yeast profiles. We'll the other one so next time. We will have the other one. Yeah. But I can already tell. I can already tell this one's not as good. Nothing comes out of Brooklyn that's good. I can't think of a single thing. I was born there. <laughs> Were you born in the Galenus area of Brooklyn? <laughs> no. I don't have a spell. Coney Island Hospital. Coney Island. Oh, God. So is it like a carnival game in the delivery room? They're like, yeah, yeah, a clown just, delivered like, me. Which, this, uh, shoot the baby his, and knock down these pins. Yeah. His mom pooted him out, <laughs> got him into a fishbowl and won a fish. All the nurses are bearded ladies. You get a... <laughs> <laughs> or mermaids. <laughs> That'd be really weird. <laughs> Face yeah, imagine, gets pushed away. imagine nursing on the on a, on a beard lady's tits. tits. Be so right. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, I mean, for a product of Brooklyn, the lesser of the boroughs on this this rock that we live on. Of the two boroughs that are matter, is that a science there? That yeah, are matter. That's, that are matter. <laughs> they have ones that are, are they have mass. I mean, I like. It is really good. Of, of like my go-to like standard, totally generic beers at bars, Brooklyn is my go-to. Brooklyn Brewery? Of like, I'm in a bar with just generic fucking beers, which is most beer, most bars. And Brooklyn is always like, oh, that Brooklyn, I'm good. It's yeah, no, it's fine beer. Yeah, it's, it's totally cool. I've had plenty of that myself. I've had... I don't think I've had much other half, though. I, I mean, well, then, much like, that's, they're that's, they're that's not a one... Yeah, like, of like, you know, when they have Budweiser, Stella, Brooklyn, something else. Sometimes, you'll see Goose Island now, because Goose Island, Budweiser, Budweiser owns yeah, that. But it's, yeah. always, it's always the Goose Island IPA, and I don't like IPA, yeah. so I don't get that one. But Brooklyn's solid, so I will give Brooklyn that. The bro- the Borough, we're giving them that. I will give Brooklyn the Borough that. We actually did an event with them last week. They had our, uh, two weeks ago, they had the Brooklyn Beer Mansion, where they have, uh, they have this is their second or third year they had it, and uh, they basically invite a bunch of breweries there. They have, uh, it was at the Whalen in Williamsburg, this really fancy kind of, really cool building at different floors with different concepts. Like, one floor had a speakeasy, one floor had barcade there, so they had a bunch of arcade oh, games. Barcade's awesome. It was pretty sweet, um, but um, they're one of, like, the pioneers in beer in uh, New York City, and um, I have a buddy who works for them as well, but, um, you know, they're definitely just, like, one of these, like, as you are saying, like, just, like, old reliable, you know, you know what to get, and uh, you know what you're going to get, no surprises, and um, they have the, the, the new Defender every year. Yes, the Defender. I went to the I went to the Defender launch for Comic Con yep. three or four years ago. I want to say it was fine, but I got free cake and free beer. It's great. Okay, we, cool. We've done that on a show. We did that for uh, Defender, yeah. Cavalier and Clay. We did. <laughs> we did that. And we but did. But it's, uh, it's different every year. The yeah, no, I, know, I don't know which one I had. We had uh, one with a guy on it. I had a guy on it. Yeah. Oh yeah. The one I did. The one they I did was do. a guy with a cape, and he used um, like a beer. What the fuck is that thing called? Tap handle. The tap handle. He used a tap handle as a as a weapon. It's like a shillelagh. Yeah. Just beat the <laughs> shit out of people with a tap handle. 
That's what it was. But it was very that's straight. What that's what they're used for in, in the old country. A shillelagh, yeah, it's for beating. <laughs> so how does one get into working for a brewery? Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, thinking of changing careers, Mike? I mean, that'd be sweet. Uh, I'll try and give you a rundown, I guess. Uh, I actually didn't really drink much beer in college. I was a journalism major. Couldn't find work in that when uh, I interned and they forced every employee at a Gannett newspaper to reapply for their job. So uh, so I was like, there's no future in this. So uh, yeah. what I did, uh, so I was considering getting into social work. I worked at a children's psychiatric hospital in Westchester. And you were like, so I need to start drinking. <laughs> I used to drink after work every day um, and Jesus. after this bar. And it was a heavy job, and it was paid like shit. I can't think of a heavier job than that. Oh, it was a children's psychiatric hospital. I was the discharge planner. So like, if I was like, if, if I didn't do my job, they're not going home on time. So right. that was extra pressure. Um, yeah. And uh, I just got, there was this local bar, uh, in Peekskill called Bird's All House, uh, really great beer program, and I would just drink beer and became fascinated by it. And long story short, um, I got a job for a distributor uh, called SKI Beer. Um, they're like the chop shop of distributors. Um, <laughs> they uh, steal kegs from other. They actually do. No, they up. actually like there was like a <laughs> theory, there was like a theory because like they're in like Brooklyn where they would like, take the kegs and they would burn them down to steal that like to actually like where these kegs go. It's not our warehouse. So it was like crazy that that's actually that actually happened. But in long story short, um, I've been in the, been working in beer in New York City for this is six years now, and um, I uh, worked for another distributor as well as uh, a brand uh, in Long Island City called LIC Beer Project. Um, oh yeah, and uh, I launched that brand, and uh, here I am, and I couldn't be happier. I mean, I just I love this part of Queens, uh, and I think you know I'm a Mets fan, I'm a Queens guy, and that's just how I got into beer. Excellent. Kind of long-winded, even though I was like, this is the short version. No, no, it's really cool. Yeah, it was fairly condensed. Cool. Shoeless Joe is a ghost, and they. <laughs> They find the did ghost ever, of the kid. Did we ever talk about the Black Sox? We didn't, which is, Sam could probably help us out there, because I don't know, I mean, I know. That's the, kind the, of a central plot point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same ain't so. The they, Black, Black Sox. All I know is uh, there was a, it was, I think, it was 1909? 1919. 1919. Close enough. And uh, Jules Joe Jackson was also one of the best baseball players of that generation. I think he has, like, the all-time, like, more, I don't know if his record still stands, but he had more hits in a World Series than anybody for high batting average, this and the other. But there's like... He was the tits. He was the tits. But there's also like some theories behind the whole scandal. Um, I, I haven't I haven't seen uh, or read this book personally. I've seen Field of Dreams. It's been a long time ago. Uh, but uh, I, there's definitely, uh, I think it's Arnold Rothstein or some sort of big, uh, you know, sketchy... Uh, he had a, some figure back then. If you ever see uh, was a Boardwalk Empire, yeah. there's yeah, it's one of these situations where he, there's the mob had there's, there's theories behind that. Uh, I really don't know. It's one of these like, uh, do you but happen to allegedly they, they rigged the I, World I Series? Yeah, yes. allegedly, allegedly yes. I'm they sorry. Paid I probably, players to lo- on the team to lose the World Series. Like you're gonna play bad in this game so that we can bet on the other team and win a lot of money. And at least, that was at more least or less according to this book. Yeah. Everyone bought in except Shoeless Joe, who kicked ass. Which is true. Yeah, he kicked ass in the World Series, but he still got like banned forever. Even though he was like, you know, hitting nine hundred and four for four and all home runs. Like, oh, you got they all they all were dirty, and you're too, you're also well, dirty, Joe. The thing is that Shoeless Joe took money and then tried to return it. Is his story? I think. I think that's what it says in the book at some point. Like, he took the money. He's like, actually, I don't want to do that. I just want to go play play baseball. And then they're like, too late. And nah. <laughs> <laughs> Mob noises. <laughs> you're gonna play that game and you're gonna lose, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so that he. He tried to give the money back, and then he like slammed the door in his face. And, he and was they like, were oh, the fuck. Chicago White Sox, and they are forever known as the Black Sox, which is racist, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, I mean, hey, he's probably, I don't know, Pete Rose is another guy. I mean, got a baseball player who did some shady shit. And he now was the, he's the gambler. The gambler. Yeah. Now he's not Kenny Rogers game. actually was the gambler. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Pete Rose in Las Vegas signing autographs. Nobody would go see him. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. He's just, I, I watched Sounds like he needed to know when to fold him. 
crazy that he's like the all-time hits leader in baseball, and nobody even wants to say I don't know. He has a legit reason to be in the Hall of Fame, but he can't. Because he bet on his team, though, allegedly to win. He always bet on his team to win. But then at, like, later in his career, he was like player slash manager. Yes. So that's when it becomes even more murky. Still, if you bet on your team to win every time, that, but it's you've got to hope that it's the right, that's the right but idea. But the thing is, though, it's not like you, you're betting at an establishment in, like, you know, Las Vegas or something. Like, there's, like, a tax record of your betting. Yeah. And no, no, it's, 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 it's like, definitely shady. He's going to a bookie. And but if, like, you're hey. betting, if you're betting to win every time, then you're either stupid or very nice. But that's also, like, such an, a facile excuse. <laughs> no, no, no. no I, yeah, I was betting, but I was betting for us to win. That's like when I said, like, no, no, honey, no, no. I just clicked on something and that website came up. Like it was, it was a, it was a pop up. <laughs> I got chlamydia from the toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's he's persona non grata. But there have been actually other people blacklisted from baseball. But those are the two most famous: so the black section with eight dudes and Pete Rose. Though actually, Willie Mays was briefly banned in the '80s. He took money as a he got hired to be like a casino greeter. Him and somebody else in the early '80s, like retired guys, got paid to work at a casino. And then the commissioner was like, "That is unbecoming of a baseball player." Listen, you can shoot yourself with steroids and beat up your girlfriend, but you can't work at a casino. Hey, it's not it's not football. And so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that was quickly overturned. And actually, in the 18 like '80s, there was a guy uh, blacklisted for uh, trying to bribe the uh, official scorekeeper, which was a lady, <laughs> and they offered to buy her a new dress. <laughs> And they I, I hey, can't believe time, that. Mark time. that as a hit. I can't and I'll buy believe, you a new dress. I can't believe that they had a woman with a job. <laughs> in the 1880s? I mean, maybe you 18, have a point maybe there, 1890s? Yeah. No, even the 18... It's a dead ball era. 1890s would be fine, but 1880s... The progressive 1890s. The Gilded Age. They couldn't fucking vote yet. Very true. <laughs> do we have one more beer here? We have one more beer. We do. Right now? It is the... The Oceans of Patience, which is what Sam has to be sitting with us right now. So this is Mickler NYC. Can we, we asked you this before. I feel like I'm saying it wrong 50% of the time. Mickler or Mickler? You know, whatever your heart desires. Is it's right? open-ended. Mickler sounds like an Irish slur. It does sound like <laughs> It's like, <laughs> no, I don't know, it's half Yiddish. But the guy's name is Mickle. It's Mickle. I guess so. it's Mickler. No, I don't know. But I've heard also heard Mickler. Keller is no longer in the picture. So, it's uh, But he's on the... He's on the one of the bottles, isn't he? Still, isn't his face on something? I um, there's a couple that have two faces of like dudes. I think he might be. I'm not like 100%. the bad worst. Isn't that have two faces or from two? One of the ones has a. I think there's like a relic of that guy somewhere. Oh, I don't know. I think I've read this I, in a beer book. So okay, what's <laughs> this one called? Oceans of Patience. Oh, that's right. Which is a Kolsch, but it has yes. an umlaut over it. So those are like Kolsch. Like, how do you pronounce? So, so uh, a Kolsch is a German style beer that's from Cologne. So uh, it's a it's region specific. So uh, this is just. It's a. It's almost like a hybrid between an ale and a lager. Isn't it brewed with the opposite yeast, right? It's yes. So it's uh. It's I. This is one of my favorite styles of beer. Um. It's something that is similar to the pilsner, in the respect of just the easy drinkingness, but it also has like uh. Because this also has German hops in there, so it has like a little bit of like a hop grassy kind of flavor going on. Uh. But uh. This beer was actually as uh. The name of it is because we have this really complicated uh. Program we use here called orchestrated beer, and uh. It's really just it, it's every aspect of our brewery in one thing from sales to you know uh i mean getting empty kegs back it's logistical brewers can order ingredients everything gets put in there um and it's really complicated and we had to do tutorials with somebody uh peter lemming who is the uh hanging out in portland oregon right now um we brewed this beer for peter because he had a fuck ton of patience to deal <laughs> with us uh asking us a million questions but um it's awesome and we sent him some beer and he was so excited and uh he, he's a great guy he's a very very dry sense of humor uh, I think he could be—he'd be a great guest to have on the show, oh. no doubt. <laughs> a a Colch is not a type of beer I see very often. Definitely not. It's—it's um, 
so I mean, it's a style of beer that isn't as widespread. Uh, they're hard to brew. That's the thing. It's hard to really brew and nail down a really solid Kolsch that uh, that you know it has like a little bit of cloudiness to it. It has to be very, very stylistically uh, on par, and it's a tough style to brew. Uh, Forest Hill Station House has a dedicated Kolsch line. Um, some of the popular Kolsches out there are um, Gaffel being one. Uh, it's a German Kolsch, uh, as well as Reisdorf. Uh, those are the two biggest Kolsches. But as far as domestic breweries. People say they brew a Kolsch, but uh, it doesn't necessarily fall in line with the actual definition of a Kolsch. So uh, it's a tough style to brew. And it's also one that you could easily mistake for something else. Like if someone handed that to you, you're like, here's a Pilsner, you're like, I guess it's a Pilsner. Well, it's, oh, it's like a pale ale, because it's also kind of hoppy, but it's I also, guess it's a pale ale. It's one of the hardest beer styles to describe to like the general public. Like it's just, it's because of the, the, the hybrid between the ale and the lager they use. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's a beer that. I feel like it doesn't get the love that I think you're going to start seeing around more often. Very is, it, is it the next IPA? Um, I don't, you know, honestly, I think the next, if there is such thing as the next IPA, it's, it's like, it's already kind of starting to catch on. Is, uh, Stouts? Sou- is Berliner Weisses. The Berliner Weisses, they're low ABV, they're fruit flavor, they're a little bit of tart. I mean, on a hot summer day, I truly enjoy them, but they also right, have so a, crushable beers. But I, I think you're right about the sours being the next thing. And I think part of that might be the, for the kind of the same reason why IPA was the big thing, is that IPA was so different than the kind of beer you can get. So if you like, not that I was there for it, but I imagine in the 90s when you first, if you were a beer drinker and you found your first craft beer, and you're like, wow, this has a really different flavor. And then they're like, well, it's because it's hoppier. And it's and like, oh, cool. And you kind of go down that rabbit hole and you get to the IPAs and your double IPAs and all that shit and dry hopping. And then, and that's, I'm sure there's a million more done. things people can do with it, but there seems to be fewer, it's harder and harder to have a distinct IPA. Sour is also just like so different than the kind of beer you have now. So if you're a beer drinker and you drink, like I drink a lot of different beers, I like stouts and IPAs and whatever, but sour like it's like almost like how do you call this a beer it's such a different product it's almost like juice but it's tart and sour as opposed to something sweet or bitter yeah it's a totally different flavor profile and it's made with fruit often it's not even usually beer colored okay, some of those are red or purple or pink or bluish and yeah it's across the board i mean it'd be hard to pin down even if you said i like sour beers what does that mean right yeah. some of them are really intensely sour and some are just like a little little tartness to them and they're all under that umbrella of sour. Definitely one beer that's like, the, I think on draft that, I mean, you know, I really truly enjoy it's a mind fuck of a beer, for lack of a better word, is uh, Raspberry Blush from McKellar San Diego. It is a Raspberry Berliner Weiss that has coffee in it. And Ooh. it's one of these beers where I first I saw it on paper, I was like, whoa, like, I can't imagine this. It's like this. a weird assortment of flavors. It is really interesting because it has that raspberry fruit flavor up front, and it has like a tail, on the tail end, it has like a layer of coffee going on. And uh, it's it's just a great beer, um, and it's one of these beers that's like it, it it could appeal to a variety of people. Also, it could also be like coffee, and you know, it's it's a style I think you guys should definitely check out. Um, I think, I think we we're about to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one so, thing I will say, just uh, like last point about the whole sour, so sour beers, and also a Kolsch. Like I think the two styles of beer that are really going to start t- taking off, you know, really just balanced beers that could appeal to wine drinkers out there, uh, which is mm, a way. To, and, and wine drinkers out there are so used to these cheap cold adjunct lagers that they would just assume is beer, it's going to open their eyes. And a lot of the wine community loves Kolsch. It's a style of beer that they really enjoy. Interesting. Um, and it's something that I believe is a great entry, a gateway beer, I guess you could say, to, ex- you know, there's more out there. And, um, and and sour beers as well, because it's just they're so interesting. And they do have, so certain sours have wine-like characteristics. So For sure, yeah. That first one we had, what the fuck was that? The 80% thing? It was oh. the wine age, whatever. And that, that was almost like wine beer. Yeah. It, it, it kind of smelled almost like a like a sweet bourbon beer, almost. Maybe that's like the oak, oaky. It must have been, but just like, like it just smells French different. Barrels. <laughs> right, so they go and they watch baseball, and then they come home, mm-hmm. and terrible things have happened. Baseball. That's where we start. But they also picked up the oldest Chicago Cub. 
Well, he's, he lives he, there. He, well, he lives nearby. Because he, 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 he runs to own the farm. the farm. Yeah, yeah. So he lives nearby. They picked him up. And then they get there. And, and then they find out he lied. Wife's, <laughs> his wife's... No, so his brother-in-law. His wife's brother. His wife's brother. His wife's brother. Fuckface. I forgot his name. Yeah, Mark. Who was his name? Fuckface. Tiny copped Mark. Exactly. What's his name? He is trying to foreclose on the farm. Because he's, mean, he's involved in some sort of like weird land scheme. Yeah. Where they're going to have computer so shady, farming. Man. Computer farming. That's like, what they called it. Computer farming. called computer farming. farming. It's, like, it's also like 1979, right? Yeah. 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 Just, they didn't even have computers. What the it fuck? Was just like, hey, it was corporate farming. I'm going to put in that punch card that's going to tell you where to farm your corn. You and then we're going to play Tetris. It was, you know, it was economy of scale farming. Yeah. It was just the idea that you would have a giant overseer and, you know, parts of it don't sound terribly stupid where they're like, oh, we'll like rotate the crops in a way that makes sense and figure out watering. Just kidding. We're just going to grow corn for 40 years. Yeah. If you don't... Fuck you. Fuck... You know, if, if humans don't continue to grow it, corn will basically go extinct. Like, it can't even grow on its own anymore. We, nope. We fucked it up so much. Wow. What are we going to so find, what are we gonna find in our shit, then? When Ray gets back, he's found out that his, you know, douchebag brother-in-law is trying to get the farm, and he's pulled some sort of string, and he's blackmailed the oldest Chicago Cub guy mm-hmm. who, like, co-signed the mortgage or something yeah. to give the farm back. Because Ray is behind on his payments. Because he's, he's a shit yeah. farmer. He's fucking exactly. kidnapping beloved authors. He's first of all, not good at farming. Second of all, using the farmland to build baseball. He doesn't have much land to begin with. No. It's like a small farm, and he used up a significant percentage to build a baseball field for ghosts. Yeah. That only some people can say. So at one point, J.D. Salinger offers to pay. He's like, yeah, I'm rich as shit. I'll, yeah, I'll exactly. give you some of that sweet catcher in the rhyme money. Yeah, pretty much. And Ray says no. because like, come on, man. For reasons, We're on a mission. We're just here to fucking talk about shoeless Joe Jackson. Exactly. Because that would be because the book would have ended much earlier if that's, you know, <laughs> that's, if accepted. So would you do that, no. Andy Salinger, that is awesome of you. Thank you so much. I'm gonna go read your other books now. But it doesn't. And anyway, so there's this big, there's this big sort of like final scene where Mark well, comes. The, the to twin Mark brother shows up. Oh yeah, right. with his oh, gypsy right. wife. Yeah, his uh-huh. carny twin brother and his gypsy wife. Yeah. Which not, I don't think they're married. Actually, I, I should correct myself. No, they're, just, like, his, they're uh, just together. Common law. They just fuck. Gypsies don't marry. No. And her name is Annie as well. Oh yeah, yeah. because they're twins and do everything the same. That's super and then they, weird. And then that's like, definitely hey, twins. Are let's like. have sex with the other Annie. Let's see if it's the same. That's where I was hoping it was going. Yeah. So there's this big like final dramatic scene where they come to finally foreclose, but Ray gets out his gun. Well, hold on. But first, like, then, when the brother, then, the brother can't see the baseball. Oh, right. Well, lots of people... Because nobody can, because no, it's no, fucking no. not real. Because uh, it's gyp- not real. Gypsy Annie can see it, because she's a gypsy, and she has magic. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so some people magic. can see it, some people can't. Basically, uh, I think it's like the boring, Richard, boring people can't see Richard, it. Richard the twin can't see it. Because he's a dick. Well, okay, it's, so it's very heavy-handed. There's this big confrontation, and then Ray gets out his gun, but then everyone is, like, about to kill each other. But then but no, the daughter... No, well, okay, one person's going to kill There's a guy. Else. They've come with an axe. This, right. like, fucking four-and-a-half-foot-tall accountant has come with an axe, and he's like, I'm going to break your baseball field, because at the end <laughs> of the month, it's mine, bitch. Chop down, like, I can't down the wait. I'm going to break shit. your bleachers now. While everyone's sitting there just mildly, you know, minding their own business, hallucinating. Watching an empty field. <laughs> hallucinating a baseball game. Wait, this is a different story. I, I've hallucinated in the field. But, yeah, but, but never, like, a group hallucination where you're all like, hey, do you see shootless Joe Jackson, who died 60 years ago? I yeah, do. I took, I took a full ounce, yeah. <laughs> so then... um. So she pulls and, out the gun. And, and then the daughter. What's her name? Uh, stupid. Nope. Stupid Miss U- McUseless Pants. It with yeah. K or something. Karen. It's Karen. Karen. Karen literally, like, falls down. She, like, falls down the stairs of the bleachers and can't breathe. And then everyone flips out, right? And so everyone flips out. Oh, my God. It's all the ambulance. games until let's a go child call. falls down the stairs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Should we call the, let's go. Then the wife goes in to run inside to call the ambulance. But, I mean, they're out they're in the middle of nowhere in Iowa. So the ambulance is not going to get there. There's only two time. ambulances in the state. And luckily. Yeah, how far are you away? Start digging that grave. Yeah. And luckily, <laughs> the doctor, the well, doctor, Moonlight Graham, Moonlight Graham. who has Old been playing, Graham. He, no, Graham. but no, Moonlight Graham is a young guy. He became a doctor after his very, yeah, exactly. very short. So this is, he's this a young is the ghost still. of the ghost, because it's the young kid it's came with ghost. them. 
the young kid came with them. The ghost of the young kid came with them back to Iowa, and then he suddenly turns back into the old man well, he, it's who old, was a doctor it's in his only old life. when he steps off the field, because it's a field of dreams, Nate. And he's like, and he becomes real. He's like, oh, fuck, I can help that But he was kid. dead. That doesn't yeah, make sense. He was it dead. It doesn't make sense. He was dead from the beginning. None of it makes fucking sense. It's like the sixth goes. sense. It, we have broken we, in, in a lot of places. We have, to, we have to suspend some disbelief here, but the magic of the field is that it allows these old players to come back and play, right? But he can step off. When he steps off the field, they're like, whoa, hey, don't save my kid. You know what's going to happen. You can't play ghost baseball anymore. And he's like, yeah, but I have to save the kid because I'm a doctor and that's actually what I'm supposed to do. That's what I do the rest of my life. I played mm-hmm. one inning of Major League Ball and should save the kid. And he comes off and he, and he, and then it's, oh, your kid's choking on a hot dog. So anyway, and then he like saves her by doing a sort of... He pulls the hot dog out of her neck. Backwards Heimlich. And then, <laughs> and then she's saved. But then when she's saved, everyone is like cool with each other. Yeah, they're yeah. like, oh yeah, your kid almost died because like, I wanted to break your bleachers. Nothing like <laughs> yeah. accidental child murder to like really like cool things Sorry down. about the axe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess then, I could have waited till we actually foreclosed to fuck up your baseball field. Yeah, they had, mm-hmm. they had like three weeks or some shit. Yeah, they had plenty of time. like, dude, you gotta wait. Don't cut down the bleachers. And then their solution is like, you know what we'll do? Other people will hear these voices, and they'll just come to the field, and we'll just charge them to look at the field. Yeah. And then we'll pay our bills. And that's what happens. They, will, the they will come. And then J.D. Salinger gets raptured. Yes. He gets yes. raptured. He gets yeah. raptured. That's literally what the, what the chapter is called. Uh, what the hell? He goes, he goes into the field. He, he the always, door. Well, he eventually, like, throughout the whole thing, he kept denying to Ray, like, I never gave that interview. I, I don't, don't want to fuck up. I don't baseball. care about baseball. Baseball's stupid. Baseball's gay. <laughs> I think it's a quote. Yes, baseball is gay. But <laughs> JD Salinger. JD Salinger. And then he can't see us anymore. He then comes and he watches the game, and it's like a magical thing. And he's just like living at their house, eating pancakes all the time. And then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go out on the field there and play, uh, play with the dead guys. And at the end, and he just walks into the cornfield with them. The other important thing is about Ray's dad, right. who played minor league ball and he is deceased. And he, as soon as Shoeless, like so, as if it isn't miraculous enough that the ghost of Shoeless Joe Jackson is gonna play baseball in your cornfield turned baseball field. He's like, hey, can you get my dad's ghost to come out and play baseball with you too? That'd be like really aces. And the guy's like, we'll check it out. We'll look into that. If you build the rest of it and everybody else shows up. Yeah, like build a catcher's We, we, we uh, had a catcher, know. but like, fuck him. We'll get a better one. And it's your dad who never yeah. made it to the majors. Now, the one thing I don't actually know is if the catcher on the Black Sox was like, because it's eight dudes and there's like nine dudes on the field. Was well, the catcher they, the one they, guy uh, that didn't Were they American or National out? League? I don't know. Uh, well, the pitcher uh, wouldn't bat. He couldn't fuck it up. I don't know. I mean, did they, is that even that early? They still had the pitcher, like the DH know. thing? I think the DH was to come along until the, the 70s or oh, okay. 80s. So both leagues were real leagues then, as opposed to American League, which is a lie now. I, I don't understand the difference, honestly. American, I mean, League, I, I know American League doesn't allow the pitcher to think because, it, oh, it's boring when they can't hit. So we're going to make Because they're easy out, usually. Yeah. Well, whatever gets the baseball game to end faster than four and a half fucking hours is fine by me. It's down to three. It's, it's, I mean, when I used to have to go to baseball games and I wasn't old enough to drink, they were very difficult to watch for me. <laughs> now I could manage because it's just Especially with this bar here. Yeah, with the bar here. Now, on the, how do you guys handle, uh, do you get a lot of traffic here on a Mets game when a home game is it's being played? It's pretty crazy, yeah. Um, we have uh, all these different beer stations now. We have people hawking beers. Uh, there's, it's, you know, there's, it's pretty wild before and after a game. And but not, is it during they can't get in? There's no direct the entrance into the ballpark. Uh, and there's also, uh, or from the brewery to the ballpark, and then there's also, uh, once you leave the ballpark, you cannot come back in. There's no re-entry. So it's pre and post at this place. Yeah, I mean, it's that's when it's, like, extra, extra crazy. Uh, but, you know, still, I mean, it lingers on before and after, I mean, uh, depending on the time of the game. You know, well, some people you know, come it, and have the whole day. I, I, I love them, that's but it is, right it is the Mets, <laughs> so you come here and don't watch the game because it's just sad. I see there's, I, I mean, know. there's TVs here, so I guess people watch the game. Can you watch, like, the live thing of the game that's being played? We do have the game on. Anytime, whether out of town, and we have full sound just because we want to be 
you know, we're physically, I mean, I'm looking Talk at the right field entrance right now, yeah. you know, so, uh, but um, no, it's been, uh, and we also have the, SN, the, the feed from the stadium in our TV, so we have uh, oh, direct cool. feed, I guess. Um, yeah. Do the Chop Shop guys come? <laughs> We've, they, uh, a couple of them bought a four-pack of beer, and uh, I don't think they're going to spend money here, uh, but uh, other than that, but hey, you know, you never know. We'll see what happens in a couple of years. W- would you trade them beer for car parks? You know, the um, parts are mostly stolen, so yeah. I don't know. Are they the Callahan car parts from uh, Tommy, Tommy Boy? Boy? <laughs> Depends on what kind of. Oh, car nicely parts. done. The brake pads. <laughs> oh, the brake pads. The yeah. brake pads. <laughs> God, I love that. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Sorry, it's I, a great, great film to ever, ma- ever be made. It's so. pretty Citizen damn good. Kane of our times. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's like Citizen totally. Kane, Casablanca, Tommy Boy, Godfather Part Two. That's ridiculous. Like, Tommy Boy is way higher on that list. Oh, yeah, Casablanca totally. could suck a bag. Black um, Sheep with Gary Busey, another one. Anything with Gary Busey. I like how. Gary Busey gets added to the title of the film. Black Sheep with Gary Busey. <laughs> so, you, so you know it's good. So is there a reason why they opened a brewery at City Field? Was it just location? Or is there a strong baseball bent in the beer making? So I, so last year we did, we, uh, San Diego brewed Seje Salad and Henry Hops. Uh, the, you know, basically the idea was, was to have two beers that were specifically made for the ballpark. Um, so one conversation led to an X, and there was unused space here. This literally was just empty space. Uh, and, you know, because it doesn't have, like, an entrance to the stadium, as well as it doesn't have a view of the ballpark, it kind of one thing led to another, and uh, here we are brewing beer. That's awesome. Yeah, Amway is next door. They're, uh, I don't know if you guys know. I was wondering them. about that. Like, <laughs> did they not get fucked by Madoff enough? <laughs> like, they need a second Ponzi scheme involved? You know, um, I'll tell you one thing. When we brew here, you could, there's, there's lots of uh, smells that are... Uh, that have a, you know, is that them burning their records? <laughs> it's very possible. Um, like, I've, never, no. I've never seen a physical Amway store before. Personally, I didn't even know what it was until working. I was like, oh, what's, what's that crowd outside? Bunch yeah, of, bunch of cultists. Going to Amway. Um, Crowds, wow. Yeah. Well, they want their money back. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. Ooh. And, and end their financial pain. <laughs> so, Just uh, recruit more people. Yeah, that's right. That's all, you're, not, you're not selling hard enough. That's why you're losing money. We are not sponsored by Amway, it turns out. But if you're because interested Because they don't Amway, give anyone money. <laughs> no. You just take it. J.D. Salinger gets raptured. There's the end of the, that's That's the last chapter, the epilogue, yeah. the rapture of J.D. Salinger, who then threatened to sue the cock off of the uh, author and his publishers. The real J.D. Salinger. Yeah, the real guy. Who gave absolutely read, no credit to this. I read that he, the guy, Kinsella, the actual the writer, said that he wrote him as a really nice guy so he wouldn't sue him. Right, so and he, then he did anyway. Well, Salinger yeah. didn't sue, but that's one of the significant differences from the film is that they changed it. It's not J.D. Salinger in the film; it's James Earl Jones. I don't I know. Like, I don't know I who the like fuck like he was playing. Same he's, thing. He's play, it, was it was the same character, but he wasn't, he wasn't J.D. Salinger. Salinger. He was a different person. Yeah, he was like D.J. Malinger, Malingerer. Film rights are way harder for stuff than book rights. Well, no, J.D. Salinger threatened to sue if he appeared in any other adaptation. He literally threatened to sue if you put me in a movie. And the filmmakers decided that it wasn't even worth it to try to acquire the rights because not enough people would recognize his name to make it worth the legal I mean, headache They, they were probably it, right. Which is I mean, it's are, the most widely read book in America, perhaps, by students. Is, isn't it also funny that in the book himself, J.D. Salinger realizes he's not as recognized as he thinks he yeah. is? They That's travel true. around like, I'm J.D. Salinger, like, who the fuck is that? Fuck off. Yeah, there's a time when people think he wrote a different book than he did. Yeah. yeah, and then he's like, people are going to know me. And they're like, he's, an, he's just some old guy in a car. Like, I don't know what J.D. Salinger looks like. No, I mean, they describe him in the book with his dark eyes, but they don't really say much about him. Dark I couldn't eyes. pick him out of a lineup. So there's a lot of stuff in the book. So the book is very much like baseball as religion. Like this sort of yeah. the whole idea of, you know, finding Shoeless Joe and building it is really just all about belief. And it is very much, and uh, he talks over and over about it being a miracle and the miracle out in the cornfields. Uh, and then there's a part where, sort of close to the end, where he says, you got to believe in the word. 
the word is baseball, but it's very much like this oh, is right. a old time like revival meeting. The world is the word is baseball, right. and they have, that, they have that weird like it's not a chapter, but like a, a section where it's basically like a tent preacher yeah. just talking about baseball, and it's it's really like the baseball as as religion. But that doesn't go anywhere. No, it's just it's like just it's like happens. a non sequitur. I mean, and now back to the story. Because it came, because that was just before the sort of climax of the book, where you know there um, he dies. What he dies in the in the room. The old man dies. Yeah, 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 oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it, that, because that's his last thing. His swan song who, is getting off who that permit. Apparently, also lied the whole time. He was yeah, never he the oldest actually, cub. He was never. He a never cub. made it out of the miners. Yeah, he was never actually a cub, and he was actually a liar. But anyway, this is like because it's just before the the final the final you know climax of the thing. It's like, well, this is sort of also really really important. It's talking about baseball, having faith in baseball, and really the people who can see Shoeless Joe and the fantasy in the not the fantasy baseball team, because that's like a thing now. The yeah. fictional, the hallucinatory the baseball ghost, team. The ghost team. The ghost baseball team are the people who have the faith in baseball and just bait baseball as an amazing thing, and that's why they can see it. And it really is very much like replace Christianity with baseball, and then that's really the point it's of the American book. American Jesus. Have faith. Yeah, very much so. So who's the Jesus here? It's uh, Ray. It's Shoeless Joe Jackson. Or Shoeless Joe. Or, no, or it's, Salinger? It's probably, maybe Ray is just a... I, I don't know if there's if there's a actual like straight up this guy is the Jesus of this. Well, maybe Shoeless Joe kind of you know got crucified because you know he got that's true kicked out he for he for did. his sins you know yeah. and <laughs> he got kicked out of baseball for his sins and he and didn't he didn't sell out in the end theoretically and he had shoes much like Jesus that is like really a very very important part of the book we did it yeah. <laughs> Yay. hey thanks again guys for having me it's thanks for great. having us yeah yeah thank you my it's pleasure a cool place. Thank you. I'm glad you uh, glad you think that. You know, <laughs> we will pester you to return someday. I'll be back. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Thank you, Arnold. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I, I'm, <laughs> thank you. No, but I'm I'm really glad you guys came through, and uh, it was a pleasure getting to meet you all. And uh, you know, I learned a lot about. Um, I'm gonna read this book now. Like I'm, I haven't read it yet, but uh, it's a good read. It's like a three dumper. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. It's pretty quick. It's, it sounds uh, it sounds way better than Field of Dreams, to be honest with you. It's, oh, it's ridiculous. It's better than Field of Dreams. It's, it's definitely Costner. an interesting and kind of weird book. But if you're a baseball fan, especially the baseball as religion thing, mm-hmm. it's worth It's the most out. nostalgic book I've ever read. <laughs> All right. It's just like, oh, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Pretty much. So All right. Well, well, I'm sorry. Oh, you guys, you'd be good. Have a good night. And um, yeah, round two. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. Uh, so yeah, so we're uh, we're located uh, on uh, right in City Field in Flushing, uh, on the outside of the ballpark, uh, on 126th Street between the right field and bullpen gates. We are that's basically the best way to find us. We're right off the seven train. Um, we also have parking available, which is something that breweries a lot of them don't have. So anytime there's a, a non- legally so not legally they encourage so. drinking and driving, right? Not that they encourage that. Have but a no. friend drive you. <laughs> but we're located. Uh, we have uh, parking lot G. As long as there's no Mets game going on, um, you're welcome to park. Just let the parking attendant know that you're headed to McKellar Brewing, NYC. And uh, yeah, how that's do you find you on the internet? And you could. Uh, we have a, a Instagram page, McKellar.NYC, uh, as well as um, same for uh, uh, the McKellar NYC is Facebook or uh, Facebook. McCallum and I see, as well as Twitter. And, uh, yeah. That's all the important ones. That's all the major ones. Is there anything I'm missing? MySpace? No? Uh, live journal? Friendster? <laughs> I think this, this, strikes me more of, this strikes me more of a dead journal kind of place. Dead journal. Uh, but, yeah, so we're open from, uh, uh, we're closed Monday, Tuesdays, unless there's a baseball game going on. Uh, we're open two hours before during any baseball game, so we kind of complicated hours, but otherwise we're open uh, Wednesday and Thursday from 4 to 10, uh, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 12, and from Ooh. Sunday from 12 to 10. And we have a full kitchen as well. A lot of good awesome. food. We're going to the empanadas. We're going to hit those empanadas up very soon. <laughs> Thanks again, yeah. and uh, check out Mikel Beer. We are, uh, if you liked our podcast, follow us on uh, Twitter at DrunkGuysBC. Or send us an email to DrunkGuysBookClub at gmail.com. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at DrunkGuysBookClub. That right. is what we are. Thank you. Bye. Bye.